are we? So what are we? You're just a, a UFO conspiratorial expert. Would you call yourself an expert? I know more than the regular guy. I don't know <laughs> what point you become an expert at it. You know, it's most of it is uh, conjecture. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of an educated guess. Hey, yeah. is, is this real? Well, definitely, you definitely dive way deeper into it. You have a lot more knowledge of it than anybody else I know, which uh, and like is I see, super it's, cool because it's really interesting. Well, it is. It's one of those hobbies that you just kind of get involved with, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation like this mm-hmm. when uh, you know somebody asked me a question about Brazil and, hey, what are the chances there could be a UFO that crashed there? I started, I yeah. started laughing. Brazil? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So thanks for coming on. We've had you on before. This is your second time. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, uh, listen, I, you know, I've been always interested in some of this aerial phenomena we've seen and some of the different events that take place and kind of always had an interest over the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, looking at all the stories. You know, we talk about the moon landings being fake or Yetis yeah. or JFK. And I'm always intrigued by the believers and non-believers. It's irrelevant, really, whether I believe in it one way or the other. I was mm-hmm. always curious as to what the other person thinks. Or how did the story get started? Mm-hmm. So um, about two days ago, I had a buddy call me up and um, ask me about a crash of a UFO in Brazil. And I chuckled. Uh, that's kind of funny, dude. He's like, no, really, man. I got this video I'll send to you. It's, a, it's an Instagram and um, it's something that's taken place in Brazil, but there's been a UFO crash there. And I'm like, well, dude, if there was a UFO crash, that's, that's pretty big information. That's pretty big news. Yeah. I haven't heard a word about it. I mean, yeah. nothing online. So in the meantime, he sends me the information. Um, I view it on my phone, and I look at it. I'm like, well, I mean, it looks like a good movie. Yeah. Like, it really looks... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Looks like a good movie. I'm t- Dude, I mean, someone's done some great work here. And in the meantime, while I have this conversation with, uh, with a good buddy of mine, I have another friend of mine that calls me out of the State Department asking me the same thing. And he's, he's, not, he's a nobody within the State Department. He's kind of a, uh, of a secretary. But, again, we share the same common interest in this aerial phenomenon that we see. And so he said, he asked me the same question about a crash in Brazil two days ago. And I'm like, no, dude, I really haven't. Are you being serious? He's like, no, I'm being dead serious, man. Something took place in Brazil. And we're not sure. And I said, listen, I have some contacts there. Now, just a real quick back on my background, working in the special operations community, um, uh, approved countries to work with that the State, that the State Department allowed us to work with um, came up on many of my radar. And Brazil is one of them. The State Department said, hey, you can do work with them. So we did training. And we work with all their special operations guys across the board on their law enforcement side, through the Brazilian Police Department, through their special ops teams called GARA. And then they have a a unit that's even above that, that the nickname is BOPE, B-O-P-E. Hmm. And you can look them up on, online, and if you put uh, Brazilian police BOPE, it'll pull them up and give you a Wikipedia background on them. But these are strong groups. These are, these are guys that are um, uh, they're fighters. They uh, are looking at narco-terrorism across the board. Um, a good group of guys, highly trained, highly specialized. So when this event kind of broke out, I actually reached out to a friend of mine that was with uh, the, he's the chief of police in Rio de Janeiro. Okay, so BOPE is, stands for 
I can't pronounce that. Battalio de Operaciones Policias Especiales. So it's military police of Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, correct. We, we all have special talents. And again, all counterterrorism. So Rio, the state of Rio has its own military force. Um, it's actually Brazil. And what they do is they break it off. And these guys are all, would, you know, in the, in the states here, we have civil rights. There, they have no civil rights. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, you know, you're better off not to give these guys a hard time. Is to give an example, the guys that moved here from Rio, and they live here now in the States, um, had to retire here because they weren't safe any longer in Brazil. One of the guys there, his last year in, killed 11 people in his neighborhood. Mm. So his wife used to vacuum the house with a gun on her hip. Jesus. So these guys were serious. I mean, they really were the tip of the, tip of the spear. Um, when they retired, they had to get permission to come here. Now, they work for a, uh, a group here that is kind of spook-oriented. Um, they're working with the Saudis right now on several different programs. Um, and I've done, like I said, I've known these guys for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when this question got asked about this crash, I said, well, listen, I can get an answer to this right now. I sent a message, text message, to the chief in Rio, but I never got a reply back. So I went to a buddy of mine who runs this group, and I said, hey, you guys hear anything about a UFO crash? And he had me on speaker, and he goes, well, I don't know, but I got news for you. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the guy's name, but the other guy was sitting in his office. He goes, he's sitting in my office now and just heard you say that. And I said, so I, I said, listen, I know it sounds funny, but have you guys heard of this? And he goes, no, no, we haven't heard of it at all. And I said, can you do me a favor? Can you just check it? Just ask a question. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. These guys are in Brazil that you're talking to? These guys are actually now located here in the States. They work here now, stateside. They retired from Brazil okay. to the U.S. And okay. do you know, can you say what department they were from? Um, they were. I'll just say they were with GARA. They were with GARA. They're GARA, which is, which is a special ops group out of Brazil. Okay. Real And again, law enforcement guys. Okay. Really heavily trained. So I had, when I started asking the question about, this crashed UFO, they, I could hear them in the background kind of laughing and mm-hmm. snickling. Everybody thought it was a big joke. And yeah. kind of I said, listen, just do me a favor. Just ask the question. Quit watching the History Channel. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So uh, sure enough, about 45 minutes later, I get a text message from him and goes, dude, you're not going to believe this. It is real. No and Bope has the place locked down. And I said, where at? And he goes, just outside of Rio. Um, yeah. They're not telling us a whole lot. But they definitely said it's a crashed alien vehicle of some sort. There's a in the videos that we got. There was initially a hole that you could see through the trees. You couldn't see anything behind the, on the other side of the hole. Um, but he said you're not going to believe the story that's going to come out of this. And I'm like, I can't believe what I'm hearing now with regards to uh, the fact that you guys have a crash there and no one no one knows about. So it. they're fully convinced, saying 100 percent, this is a UFO crash. 100 percent. 100 percent. Gara, these guys at Gara. Uh, the guys from Gara, this is actually coming from Bope. This is coming from Bope. He okay. couldn't get a direct answer from Gara, so okay. he called the guys at Bope. Okay. And the, Bope told him, yeah, not only do we know about it, we have a security perimeter and we've got this place locked down right now. Yeah. Um, there was some talk that there was some Americans hadn't pulled up yet, but I think the amazing point of this whole thing is that no one knows about it. And I don't know, you know. Well, it's not on any mainstream websites that I've found. I, I Googled it. I looked all over Reddit. I looked all over. Tw- I mean, most of the links are on Twitter. There's some stuff on Reddit. But yeah, dug through it for the Reddit. most part, it's yeah. really hard to find legitimate media sources talking about it. There's one Vice article. There's one Vice article I found. This one right here. UFO over Maje Brazil. Spark social media panic and conspiracies. It talks a lot about it. And it talks about how, like, Brazil 
is kind of like a mecca and like a hub for these kind of sightings and these UFO encounters. And listen, for me, again, I, I had never really known that. I mean, spending time there, um, I, I did some work out there with some friends of mine, and never did we see you know, anything that was slightly unusual. Yeah. And listen, who's looking for them with these, these turn of events? Right. Um, you know, then you've got, there's other shows on TV right now. You've got Skinwalker Ranch that's on right now, mm-hmm. uh, dealing in extraterrestrial lives. And they've, in the meantime, on this ranch with these scientists um, that are now running these tests on the ground and the soil, are finding all these weird anomalies, these real high um, radar, uh, microwave energy um, that, that are shooting way up. They're actually, you know, uh, on the show showing you these, these huge readings. They actually tried to drill down on the property until they hit something they couldn't drill through anymore, and they actually started suffering like a mini earthquake that was taking place. Hmm. So, you know, again, around the world, these colossal events seem to be taking place. We had some more places here in Florida last week that said over by NASA, where they're, they do all those space launches by Kennedy Space Center, yeah. um, that uh, they saw almost 100 different vehicles up. And they were really, really high up into the atmosphere. They couldn't tell how far up, but uh, they were all lights and moving all different directions. And everybody's scratching their head trying to figure out, now, what is that? And I, I said, listen, maybe you know the, the new satellites they have now that the U.S. is using, and they put up, a, I believe, a rocket just a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. that we're going to let these small cube-like four by four satellites up and i said hey listen maybe it's them mm-hmm. and, and he's like well why would you let them go in such a low orbit try i said listen i again not knowing anything on the aerospace side of it kind of again looking at that, uh, that the anomalies side of it and i said i'm not sure but there's got to be an answer to it somewhere right that could be a possibility you know so we look at we look at uh, again the navy releasing two different video clips of two different navy officers who uh, picked up something on their their uh, gun sights on their new F-18 Hornets. And uh, what odd thing is there, the Navy let them just come out and post a story and talk about it. This they, is the stuff that the Pentagon just declassified, right? The three videos. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's um, you know, it happened back in 2014. Mm. And again, um, listening to the pilots talk about this, um, and because the, the first questions that came out of the, the guy that was actually talking to one of the pilots was, well, isn't this classified information? He said, listen, nobody's debriefed me on anything and told me I couldn't talk about this. And it's not so much about the UFOs I want to talk about. It's about the safety that really concerns me more so than anything because he said that the day that we had noticed these and the day that I picked this one up on my gun site, he goes, it looks like a saucer. It's yeah. not moving. He goes, the odd thing about it was we're using a thermal imager on our F-18 Hornets that sees heat so we're looking for a jet engine a hot spot he goes nowhere in this video on this vehicle can we find a hot spot actually what we do see is around the vehicle just around the perimeter of it a real light area which indicates it's very cold there so again trying trying they to can fig- reverse that right those imaging those image the the imaging systems they have on those jets they can reverse it to where hot is white or hot is black. Black, right? Correct. Okay. And the F eighteen Hornets right now are the ones they're using right now where hot is black. Okay. So it shows up better, especially in the evening hours, twilight right. zone when they're when they're out running operations. Okay. So yeah, I was sorry to interrupt, but when I was in New Smyrna and Ponce over the past three days, on Thursday morning we were out surfing probably around nine a.m. And there was, I don't know what kind of jets they were, and I'm not an expert in fighter jets at all, but there was some a serious group of jets circling us um, right off of New Smyrna Inlet, right off of Ponce Inlet. And 
this jet was like it was black and it looked like some sort of stealth jet like I've never seen in person. Like a B1 or But the craziest thing about it was that it was flying and the sound like this sound that was coming from it was the jet would be here but the sound would be miles behind it. Wow. So you get that technology. So I don't understand the the way sound travels and you know how fast those jets are going, but that thing must have been going fast as fuck for the sound to be that, that far, far behind. behind it. Because oh. you'd hear it and you'd look. No, it's not where the sound's coming from. It's way over there. And I'm sure too that they want it to be like that. Yeah, they've, they've set these yeah. things up to make sure that you know when you, when we start running hard and guys are going to come outside and try to think, hey, listen, we're being attacked now. Yeah, yeah. You know where are in they? One direction, yeah. but you're another one. Absolutely. And again, looking at that technology, you know, when you when you talk about technology shifts, you look at look at thermal imagers, you look at night vision. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Who developed that? You know, when you look at the uh, the night vision, there's a real interesting story about it because of the way that they found it. But there are people that will say that hey, this was taken from the crash of 1947 in Roswell, also. Mm. And as they reverse engineer some of this stuff, some of it they don't know what it is. They just we don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and eventually something happens to where I mean, uh, printed circuit boards. Was a big conversation because everything mm-hmm. before printed circuit boards was tubes, yeah. wires and tubes. So I saw a hilarious comment on Reddit about when the Pentagon declassified those three videos of the, of the UFOs. Someone said that it's just the government trying to prepare humanity for part three of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> which is listen, which is interesting because if you take into consideration all the things that are going on, UFOs are coming to kill us and sear the face of the earth. Strange enough. I mean, believe it or not, even going back about five or six months ago, I got some friends who are really heavy into conspiracies. Yeah. And they said, oh, man, there's going to be a red flag. The U.S. government's going to say the aliens are attacking, and there's going to be a red flag, and they're going to lock us all down. Well, it didn't quite go that way. It turned into a pandemic. Yeah. We voluntarily locked ourselves down. Um, But at the end of the day, the aliens never really showed up. Or did they? And as you watch more shows... um, uh, 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 you know, again, like the Skinwalker that's on the History Channel, yeah. and dealing on facts. This isn't some sort of mythological story. It's events that are taking place, and they're actually there recording it. And whatever's going to happen, we're going to see on film at some point. Yeah, there are some crazy conspiracies about the COVID nineteen pandemic. I've read some of those that how they say that. I mean, they're they seem like such bullshit because it's how could they say that this is like a dry run to see if people can stay locked down just to hide something else like i heard something about an asteroid like if there was an asteroid coming they wouldn't want people to panic they'd want people to stay indoors and and not and try to kind of like hedge the downside of what could happen if an asteroid actually hit absolutely absolutely you know it's funny you even say that going back i don't know i think it was probably four years ago um the the government came out with a program called jade helm and um, really, Jade Helm, Jade Helm, and it was just odd. Um, when they came to me, they said, "Hey, look, we're looking for extras down here in Fort Lauderdale. It's a military exercise. Um, can you come down and be part of it? We're looking." For, I said, "Yeah, absolutely, love to. Great time." Um, so we we ended up we went down to Fort Lauderdale, got situated. Two of the guys were on our, and we were kind of like terrorists taking over a building. Um, and two of the guys that were with us were not guys I had seen before. And they kind of stuck to themselves, and. Um, I have a couple times tried to warm up to them. With, you know, like, so who are you guys? You guys running the show here? Are you part of this Jade Helm? Are you military guys? Are you scientists? Who are you? And never could really get to that portion of it. Um, and, of course, the exercise went on that night. And I had heard one of them make reference to Jade Helm. 
and called it an event rather than a name. And so about um, four months after this event, and this was something that was going on around the country, about four months after the event, I heard that Jade Helm was uh, a program that was set up for, there was an asteroid that passed between the moon and the earth. It came real close to hitting us. And they were prepping for that. Um, I'm not sure how they were prepping for it or why, because these were all special operations guys. They were using um, the, the, uh, the, I think they're called the Black Knights. Uh, it's a 160th group. Uh, it's an army group. That's very highly specialized in uh, uh, flights of helicopters and, and, and stealth vehicles. And um, they were the actual pilots of this whole event that took place. But it was after this that we heard about Jade Helm. So could that be something that was real again? You know, again, absolutely. Um, you know, were the, uh, are, are the stories factual? You know, what's factual? What's really true here? I'll go back to my story about Brazil. No one's heard about it. It's like the greatest secret ever. Yeah. I'm speaking to guys who don't have, they don't have a dog in this fight. It's not like they want to keep it from anybody or, or try to share it with anybody. Right. Um, but the fact that they've got the facility locked down um, and that no other media outlet knows anything about it is just crazy. Especially today with, with uh, you know, you can get online, put a YouTube video in, and everybody can see it around the world. Right. But for whatever reason, we're just not getting that information now out of Brazil. Now, what did you see? Like, what is the actual video of this thing going down? Is, like, is it actually on YouTube? Because from what I've seen is that it's been scrubbed from Twitter. Like, even even Reddit, some of the Reddit threads that I've been finding, the subreddits, the moderators have been taking down posts and some of the the posts on Twitter and even there was a hashtag on Twitter, I think it was like Maja UFO from Brazil. One of the hashtags just vanished off Twitter. So for some reason, some of these social media platforms seem to be censoring. Well, it's odd too because, and listen, again, I try not to, try to wave the flag too hard here, but even when I started looking on YouTube, um, trying to find certain events, um, I found a couple events, and then all of a sudden I had problems reconnecting with YouTube um, on on a connection at my house, and all of a sudden I lost all connectivity. It was like my IP, something happened to my IP address. Mm. I could go to the front room and hook onto that and go back and look at anything I want. But as soon as I went back onto YouTube and tried to look at any material there, again, that's relative to the story, yeah, I all of a sudden I would lose my, uh, couldn't contact the server. I don't know. I think that might be something to do with your Wi-Fi. Listen, again, i 100% with you. <laughs> yeah. You got to call Forrest, get him to get a Wi-Fi extender in that back room. I don't know why the government wouldn't want you to look up stuff uh, in one room and not the other. Like I say, man, two different two different networks. One was the 5G. Yeah. And the other one wasn't. Mm. And it was through using two different routers. So, hmm. and listen, I mean, could it have just been a simple problem? Yeah. I mean, are there are there anything like coincidences like that? I mean, does somebody yeah. really care if I try to figure out if there's a UFO crash in Brazil? Mm-hmm. Somebody might. Uh, hey, it's it's one of those interesting moments, again, that kind of leads to, you know, back to the whole conspiracy story and how it gets started. Now, what's up with the 6.5 magnitude earthquake that happened in Area 51 Near Area 51, the same day, I think it was. It was the same day. Now, is that supposed to have any connection? You know, again, no one knows about the Brazil event, so how can you connect the two together? Exactly. You know, you find out about that event because it also took place in Utah, out at the Skinwalker Ranch. They also have. Is that where Skinwalker Ranch is in Utah? Utah. It's in Utah. Okay, yeah. It says 6.5 magnitude earthquake hits Nevada Area 51. Quake felt from Utah to California. Yeah. Okay, and so you know, again, there's guys talking about that the uh, the 
community there, the S2, Alta Area 51, have these underground uh, tunnels that allow them to, uh, you know, go anywhere, I guess, five or 600 miles an hour under the, under the planet. Um, Elon Musk just got through putting a similar kind of roadway through Las Vegas underground. I think it was Los Angeles. He's trying to put it through Los Angeles right now. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, okay. it's called the Boring Company. We're trying to develop underground tunnels for traffic, basically like putting cars on sleds and shooting them through and, underground And that tunnels. boring technique they use is really interesting because if you watch them, how they bore through the ground and they actually take this hard ground and melt it and make it part of the actual encasing mm. of the tunnel. Yeah, and he also talks about how they're supposed to be because one of the main concerns is earthquakes. Because in California, it's known for earthquakes. Sure, but the tunnels are, I guess, lined with some sort of like flexible membrane, where he claims that it's more safe against earthquakes than driving on a main road. Hey, like I say, where does Elon mm-hmm. Musk come from? Right. Yeah. Anyway, who's he? From he? Fucking Mars. <laughs> so again, an interesting guy, interesting background, comes from an interesting place. Yeah, and very very smart. Yeah, he's a genius. A very, very smart man. And then another part of this whole Brazil, this recent UFO crash, quote-unquote crash in Brazil, is this thing right here. The part of the map, on, if you go on Google Maps and you go to this exact spot, people are claiming that for some reason this part of the map is completely whited out. And, it, I mean... <laughs> It's like the shape of a flying saucer in a movie. And here's what's yeah. funny. But why is that GT. part? Why is it blacked out? Why is it whited out like that? One of the guys actually said that it's a sun glint. Um, but okay. what's interesting like it's is... it's a shiny roof that's being reflected. But you can see there's kind of a flare. No, it looks to me yeah, like it was cut out of there somehow. Like it's been digitally... Yeah, uh, like they cut it out. Yeah, literally. Yeah, because of the pixelation. If it was a sun... I mean, if it was like a, a lens flare or a reflection from a bright, shiny roof or something... It would be kind of like those upper edges. It would be like a kind of a blurred edge, not a pixelated edge with a shadow around Looking it. like it was cut, literally. That's Google Maps? This that's is Google, Google Earth right here. Yeah, Google yeah, Earth. Same thing. Yeah. Now Google Earth, you can see more topographical. And that's where they're saying that the crash is at? This is exactly where they're saying the crash was at, yeah. Right in Fra- Fragoso. In that's Rio. just outside of Rio, yeah. Right outside of Rio, yeah. So I don't know how the fuck to explain that either. Well, well, I'll tell you what's kind of funny. And if you look at the shape of that cut, and you look at the shape of the one that the pilot in the Navy is chasing, they look very similar. Very similar to that. How idea. do we see what the pilot in the, the Navy... Oh, oh, in the video. In the video. In those videos that were released by the Pentagon. Correct. Correct. Okay. And it looks like a kind of like a top, but it looks like a UFO, a saucer shape, but it's got that odd, peculiar, mm-hmm. something in the middle of it bump. Yeah, that's super strange. And is this, I don't know if this has been seen anywhere else on Google Maps, um, a the, blip like this. Has they, it? They talk about this. They talk okay. about this in great detail, but again, because they don't really have a whole lot to, to look at or to talk to. Who was talking about it again? This was somebody on YouTube. Okay. They pulled this up. And they, they, um, I'll send you the link to it. Okay. Um, that basically just kind of outlines um, what they think's going on, because they actually at some point in the Instagram I'm looking at, it looks like they launch rockets, and you hear them going off in the background. Um, and again, it's, you know, Brazil is very militant in their thinking. Um, you know, the White House has actually missiles and buildings around them. So if an aircraft tried to crash into it, they could knock that thing out of the sky. Mm. I don't see why the Brazilians wouldn't have something similar to that, especially because right. we work with the Brazilians a lot. We trust them. They're they're. I mean, um, listen, at the end of the day that we're all on the same team. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up to think that if a UFO actually crashed in Brazil, 
the first thing human beings do is start fucking shooting it. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past. Listen, with this whole like cor- we are fucking barbarians. Look at the coronavirus. Look how many people are buying into the whole mask thing. And I know there's going to be people out there that hate me for saying that, but I'm yeah. like, I got bad news for you. All that does is prevent you from giving it. Doesn't prevent you from getting it coming through your eyes. Right, right. Yeah. It prevents you from from like if you cough or you sneeze, it keeps particles and whatever germs away from people around you. And again, looking at this, it was supposed to be 2.2 million people that were going to be killed. And I think we're, and I'm I'm sure in looking at some of the information I've seen on on the virus, um, I actually saw where Pennsylvania, the hospital there, had to deduct 200 people that they said that had died from coronavirus that, that didn't die. Didn't. So I'm sure there's some skewed numbers out there. I see that some of the hospitals yeah. are getting uh, subsidized by the federal government if they have got a lot of coronavirus patients there. Yeah, I read that somewhere too in like Mexico that they're getting paid if they absolutely like high numbers of that. Well, no, everyone, every hospital is getting paid. If you if you have a death from coronavirus, you make it's something to the effect of like thirty thousand dollars versus a regular death is like eight thousand. Wow. So from if someone's sick and a hospital reports that as a COVID, they get thirty to like ten times the amount of the money, money they would have normally got right. from See, the government. And that's kind so of that's going why the numbers are skewed. Nobody knows. Nobody no. really knows any of these. Numbers. Oh, ninety thousand people have died. I'm like, listen, I don't want you know one person to die. I think when you start going back and looking at it, also that a large percentage of these are these retirement facilities. Yeah. So there's currently uh, 1.6 million cases in the U.S. and today, as of what is today's Memorial Day, hey. the 25th, and there's 97,600 deaths total. So, so almost 100,000. And like I say, I, I don't want to see anybody die, but it certainly isn't yeah. 2.2 million people. Yeah, right. You know, that came out, and again, most of the people that are, are dying are are people who have had high blood pressure. They suffer from all kinds of right. Health well, issues. the average age of death from this is higher than the average age of mortality in the U.S. Period. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, <even laughs> when, when it first broke out, I went to the CDC, and it was I was looking at, at influenza last year, and it showed 34,000 people died, and about 900,000 people were admitted yeah. to the hospital. Right. At this point, I think we were just approaching on the on this side of the bay with uh, with the virus about about 30 or 35,000. Mm-hmm. But at the time we were, I said, listen, it's no different than what was taking place last year. And oh, by the way, if you're not practicing clean hygiene by washing your hands and you know, right, doing you all the right, doing right, this right. a long time yeah ago. well i went to the right. gym the other day and i laughed because when i walked inside the guy wanted to take my temperature and i said bob let me ask you this how many times have you had a fever and felt like going to the gym <laughs> <laughs> and he goes well i don't want to get out of my house i said exactly yeah. he goes listen it's just we're going through the the stages we have a lot of uh elderly people also that under under the sneaker program i think it's called uh blue sneakers for the elderly what is it silver sneakers, silver sneakers. And um, they are allowed to, you know, come into the gym. And these are these are much older people. And I would probably say, yeah, oh, okay, that's any, the, anybody at that age could be at risk. But they again, shouldn't be in there. I, I wouldn't say. Listen again. If you don't feel good, don't come in. If right. you feel fine, come on down to the gym and train. That's uh, right. get back to where it was. Right, right, right. Uh, the problem. The problem is people don't like to follow other people's rules. And you know, at the end of the day, it's these private businesses. If they want to take your temperature or if they want you to wear a mask. You got to do it. They have the right to fucking tell you to do that. Sure. Go to, go to another gym if you don't want to do it. Absolutely. I mean, people just want to, like, bitch and complain, like, it's my constitutional right to come into your gym or to shop at your store. No, it's not. <laughs> no. It's someone's business, someone's private business. Like, and like, like I say, I mean, I get it. At the end yeah. of the day, if you're at risk, you, yeah. everybody needs to keep that in mind. Yeah, for sure. You know? But, I, I, again, at the same time, there's something else that's going on because as these events kind of unfold uh, in the bigger picture, what is really going on? 
yeah. mean, you know, you look at, um, like I say, the Skinwalker Ranch and how all of a sudden amazing this place has become. And, they're, yeah. you know, you go to Ancient Aliens now on the History Channel and they've yeah. got every guy in the world on there who's talking yeah. about Machu Picchu and Tikapoo and all the different yeah. places in Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, they just found now found some skulls out there that don't have a Sagittarius line, which separates the center of the skull. And they initially said that what they do is um, the uh, inhabitants of this location, and this, they're going back probably five to 6,000 years ago, would actually do a thing called binding, and they would tie the head so that the skull became long. And he, the, the professor who was teaching the class was like, well, why were they doing that? They just didn't do that one day because they woke up and felt like, hey, we want to tie our kids' heads and make them real long like this. Yeah. Um, he, he said there, were, there had... There had uh, been extraterrestrials there that had this elongated skull um, and that they found these skulls. These skulls were 40% heavier, uh, 25% bigger than a regular skull and had no Sagittarius line that went down the center of the skull. And he really? Goes, uh, he, oh, oh, and he goes, it also didn't have any mitochondria DNA because everything on the planet has that. And again, I'm, I'm like, well, why isn't this big news? Where is the awe, the shock and awe over these events and these stories? I mean, are we so used to it now because we've seen every type of, you know, sci-fi show on TV right. from Star Trek? So nobody believes anything yeah. anymore. The thing, the thing is there's, there's scientists out there and researchers who have had their research sort of established already. And when new information or new discoveries come out, these people want to discredit it because their egos are attached to their discoveries and to what to what is already accepted sure so if you've devoted your life to one to one ideology to one scientific ideology and someone else comes in 20 years later and says no you guys are missing something then it's sad that their ego kind of gets attached to it and they just want to like discredit that person or say oh that's a pseudoscientist oh yeah and i think i think that's obviously that's a great point because i see that going on a lot like if you look at the great sphinx um, in Egypt, and they talk about how old the Sphinx is, and a geologist actually came out and said, "No, it's actually much older than that." And they said, "Why is that?" And he said, "Because what we're looking at was done with water, not wind, and this was erosion on the side of the actual Sphinx." Right, right. And he came out and said, "Well, when when it's water erosion, it goes one way, and when it's wind erosion, it runs actually lateral to the to the to the mm-hmm. ground." Mm-hmm. And um, he said, "This isn't. This was done by water, and so mm-hmm. if you took." The planet and kind of uh, reverse wobbled it. They could go back almost ten thousand years to when that area was extremely wet, mm-hmm. and he believes that's when the Sphinx was actually put up. It was put up before the Egyptians were there. The Egyptians kind of came into it right. after the fact, right? So yeah. same same thing with Machu Machu Picchu, absolutely in Peru, absolutely. They say that the people there basically came there and just moved in. They didn't create it. Because there's no possible way humans, it would take like 30,000, 3,000 humans to carry one of those, or I don't know how many people they said it would take. But basically those things are tens, 10 tons, 20 ton bricks. And I thought they came from two yeah. mountain, two mountaintops away. You yeah. know, were they right. trying to convince me they dragged yeah. them, you know, 3,000 miles, even though you could see the other mountaintop they came from, mm-hmm. but they dragged them that far. When I had other guys say, well, the, the you know, the Egyptians used rope and they used uh, these logs. And I'm like, who was making the rope? Mm-hmm. How long was that rope? Was it really that strong? Like, you know, 3,000 men could pull on it and... and yeah. <laughs> come on, man. Really? Yeah. There's something bigger going on. Um, you look at look at how much they talk today, and they really associate the pyramids with astronauts. Look at the Mayans. The Mayans had a calendar, a 30-day calendar. We liked it so much that we adopted that calendar. 
And the interesting thing is that the Mayans accounted for the wobble that the earth has. Yeah. I mean, how do you do that? How do you understand there's a wobble when you don't get off the planet? So there, there's something else that's going on. Why are there, why are there pyramids? There's more pyramids in South America than all of Egypt. There's about 10,000 pyramids to South America. How did, and South America had no contact with Egypt. How did they know to make that same uh, type of building? Right, that, the this, same design. The same design. It's, it, you know, using, I mean, whether this was to generate power or it was to communicate or it was set up as a, um, hey, this is the time of year that we were going to plant wheat. You know, the mm-hmm. summer solstice is here and marks those because many of the buildings do mark those. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the summer solstice, when it's time to plant, when it's not time, the wet season. Um, and yet uh, everyone wants to take it off that these savages out here that have these, you know, uh, bows and arrows and rocks they chipped out of yeah. the, put these things up. Well, Come there's <laughs> there's there's lots of evidence. I mean, especially I don't know, I don't know if you've researched done a lot of research on Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson. He got, Graham Hancock uh, wrote a book called Fingerprints of the Gods, where he talks about those lost civilizations that got wiped out. And basically, he says there's multiple cataclysmic events that happened throughout the history of the Earth throughout the last six billion years that aren't accounted for in basically modern studies of history and ice ages that aren't accounted for. And basically the basics, the basic summary of it is that there were civilizations just as advanced as us, if not more advanced that got wiped out by crazy ice ages and comets that hit the earth. Like there's, there's a, there was a a new meteorite location in Greenland. I think it is where it's like an 18 mile wide comet. Wow. That would have wiped out the earth and seared the top of the planet. And there, they also showed there's, I mean, they have tons of YouTube videos and podcasts that actually detail this. So if you're, if you're watching this search, Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson, where they talk about it and they even show detailed photos of if you go to the beach and it's low tide, like right after the water goes back out Mm -hmm. near the shore, you'll see like those ripples in the sand where you know water was just there and like current when current rips through an area like in a river you'll see ripples in the sand basically what they show is in Washington when you fly over these great plains in Washington there's these same exact ripples that are miles and miles and miles long wow. where basically he's what it proves his theory that there was massive you know sea level changes where in one day the sea levels would rise by 300, 400 feet because of these ice caps melting because these comets would hit earth and basically just create instant, an instant climate change that would in one afternoon basically raise the temperature of the earth by who knows, a hundred degrees and the whole top of the, of the continent would be on fire and it would put, it would add 400 to 300 feet of sea water on top of whatever was just there earlier that afternoon sure that water rushes in i'm sure is that yeah blows up and the same thing what you see at the beach with those little ripples in the sand or in a river mouth those little ripples in the sand underneath the water so it's absolutely mind-blowing no like i say man there's just there's still so much that we don't know you know even going out to to uh, utah um and i've gone out there several times we went out there with the family one year and found shells you know seashells in in a high desert somewhere so you know, you know the water was up at that point. Right. There was even a study here, I want to say about five years ago, and, and they're always finding uh, these mastodon, these little baby elephants and whatnot throughout Greenland. Mm. And um, they end up finding one one day that where the skin was still on it. 
was still had flesh and it was it'd been frozen. And the strange thing was that they, you know, they've obviously the, the scientists were all excited and they packed this little animal up and they bring him back to the lab and they start looking at him and they found him in a frozen environment. Mm. But the interesting thing was that the contents of its stomach were still there and they were buttercups. And he said, when this animal was killed, he was in a field where there were buttercups. So whatever change happened, Happened. It's a, it's a, it's just a small plant that they would eat. Okay, like a grass plant. Okay, and um, he said that whatever event took place, wherever this this little baby mastodon elephant was eating, um, was hit by a wall of ice and covered instantly. So whether it was an, an, an environmental change that happened right now, or it was a meteorite that struck the planet, part of that event, let's say that took place mm-hmm. that hit him, but he was in a warm environment before, right when he died, and so. When you look at, the, there's now scientists that are looking at those events and going, "Hey, listen, some of these events were catastrophic. They didn't just didn't happen over time. Yeah, yeah. they happened right now." And so when you look at those events like that, I could absolutely see that happening. Yeah, this guy Randall Carlson talks about how during some of these events that icebergs the size of oil tankers would be just sliding, would just be being carried across the continent, and there, those icebergs are full of rock and debris at the same time. So when those things do, those things carry lots of rock and lots of big debris and fragments. So when those things melted, it explains why all these rocks are now scattered in these places. These hundred-ton stones right, would never be. They, they, these hundred-ton stones were frozen in these 1,000-ton icebergs or something ridiculous. I don't know the exact number, but these massive icebergs that were bigger than oil tankers just being sliding across the earth and completely just melting and powderizing anything in its way. And like I say, we're still seeing those changes today. Mm -hmm. If you look at how the tides have come up here just in Florida, um, there's areas, you know, I grew up here. There's areas Mm -hmm. um, where I used to go fishing at down by uh, the shoreline. Mm -hmm. And today at high tide, those areas flood. And they didn't flood when I was was a kid. So these these events are definitely happening. There's changes going on, whether it's, you know, related to the sun or to environmental, whether we're doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. becomes a whole other story. Um, I think they're naturally occurring events that take place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watched a program the other night that talked about alien beings, and he said what they they started talking about giving us um, the different types of blood types that we have: A positive, O, A negative. Look at these different blood types, and those blood types were given to us so that if they at any one point in time they didn't like that what was going on with that group of people, they could develop a bug that would after just those that blood type and would kill them off. Where did you watch this? So well, they were talking. Well, they started talking about the the the, 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 the big plague, the bubonic plague. Okay. Oh, okay. And they said, so when you look at these catastrophic events throughout history that take mankind out, they only take out a certain group, hmm. and as fast as they come in, they leave again. And so he said, what he believed was that uh, the planet is a living entity, and that uh, we're kind of like a bacteria on it. And for the last thousands and thousands of years, uh, the extraterrestrials have been grooming us and trying to get us to do a certain thing. Hmm. And every time we wouldn't do that certain thing, they would come through and kind of wipe us out. So if you you go back and look at the history of mankind, you think, well, man, the Great Flood they talk about in the Bible and the bubonic plague and the Spanish flu and all these different events that come through and kill just hundreds and hundreds of millions of people um, said were were brought on on purpose by extraterrestrial beings. Well— Another thing to consider is there's as far as like these big cataclysmic events that happen that wipe out civilizations and then wipe out the face of the earth. There's 
for instance, there's this thing called the medi- or the uh, the torrid meteor stream, which is basically this freaking it's this like million mile wide stream of meteors and comets that the earth actually passes through twice a year okay i think it's in once in june and once in november and apparently the equivalence of the earth passing through this stream and not getting hit by a eight mile wide comet is the equivalence of you putting on a blindfold and walking and running across a six lane highway, praying you don't get hit by a truck? <laughs> My luck's not that good, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> but he was basically claiming that the Earth passes through this thing twice a year, and there's a handful of comets in that meteor stream, the torrid meteor stream, that are big enough to completely wipe out the face of the Earth. So it's only a matter of time before you know before one of those comets hits the Earth again and just and just completely destroys the Earth and everything that all every living thing. Now, did you see this 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 um, meteor that came in through Russia? I want to say it was three or four years ago. It was actually one that came in through Gorbosk, Russia, and in the process of actually coming down to the ground, something hit it. Yeah, it exploded. Well, what ha- I think what happened was it went the atmosphere basically burned it up and it ex- exploded in the air before it hit the ground right well the, what they do is they actually show something that actually yeah, what's that thing called again? flies up to it and hits it and they actually what? give this thing credit for that thing not hitting the earth well again listen if this is a living and, and and let's go with this for a second let's just say the planet is a living entity and when i when i ask one of the guys who's put on the class well let me ask you this okay let's just say that you're right and that we were given blood types for that reason and and we're we are a bacteria yeah What's the what's the what's the focus? I mean, what is our what is our what are we supposed to do? And um, he said, "Listen, we've done it and we've mastered it, and it's carbon dioxide. We now put more carbon dioxide in the history of mankind." And he goes, "If you and if he goes, I said, well, why would you say that?" He said, "Well, the reason I say that is because there's more people on the planet now than ever recorded history. Right? Um, if they if we weren't doing the right things, he goes, they'd get rid of us." Because it's not healthy for the planet. And so everything comes back to the planet. I said, so you don't think these are from other worlds? And he's like, oh, no. They're, they've always been right here. They're, uh, again, their primary function is to make sure that the planet stays healthy and on its game. The other side of the coin was, too, that you know, over millions and millions of years, the planet continues to get bigger. Because as trees grow and they die, and you know, the, the planet actually gets actually larger. Um, it affects the way the planet spins. He got into great detail about how does the planet get larger? Well, you figure as it uh, trees grow, you ever you ever go to a forest and see how thick the 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 underling is where all the leaves like are? The mass of the earth, the mass grows. of the earth literally gets bigger, and it, it it actually what it does is there's also groups out there that say that like um, as an example, remember the um, uh, brontosaurus, real long lizard, long neck. Yeah, um, there are groups that will tell you now because of the environment here that animal could not live. Its heart could not push enough blood throughout its whole body because they were so big. Um, if you look at the pterodactyl, you ever see that? Remember the pterodactyl, the yeah. bird that kind of flew? It was a yeah, skin yeah. like a lizard. He said, in order for those to fly, you had to have the right environment. He goes, they didn't have legs where they could run and get up off the ground. They had like claws and the tips of their wings, and they had these real short legs. Like they were hanging on to something and would let go and either go into a right off the bat, go into a glide, or in enough where they could flap their wings one time and get up high enough where they could now fly. In order to do that, you need low pressure. 
So he believed that the Earth had low pressure around it. He also believed that dinosaurs lived at the same time that, that man was here and that um, they kind of coexisted together. And that um, over time, you know, as the, the atmosphere changed, th- those animals could no longer adapt to it, and they ended up dying off. Hmm. Which, again... Well, the atmosphere definitely changed when the comet hit the Earth. I mean, completely. It definitely blacked out the sky and, sure. and stopped things from being able to and live. And was that part of that? I mean, they say, listen, when you, when you go back and you start looking at some of these people that were in the Bible, how old they were, and you figure out that Moses was, what, five to 700 years old? And so when he brought that up, I thought, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Why do you think that is? And he goes, well, I don't think the sun was cooking everybody back then. So the radiation from the sun now is really what kind of, at the end of the day, does us in. Mm -hmm. And he said back then they didn't have that. So they lived these crazy long lives like that. I mean, he also believed that all of the the gods that they talk about, Zeus, and all of the others that follow under him um, were real and that we... We ourselves, just like the Bible says, you know, if you're, um, God made us in his likeness. Okay, well, he said, if they made us in his likeness and he was a God, we kind of, we strive to be gods too. And I said, I don't understand that. What do you mean by that? He goes, listen, we want to fly. We want to control the weather. We want to, you know, swim underwater and be able to breathe. These are things that gods do. Hmm. And we perfected those. We now, you know, we can make it as cold as we want in the house. We can make it as hot as we want in the house. We control all the elements. Hmm. So, you know, you start kind of taking some of this into consideration, like, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, again, it's all part of the theory. People have this ideology of where we came from and what we're doing here and where we're going and the aliens. Is it all, is it all together? Is it all really about the earth keeping it healthy at the end of the day? And these, mm-hmm. these beings, like I say, have always been here. Project Disclosure came out in 2012. They had 44 members. Project Disclosure. Project Disclosure came out... Uh, I want to say 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, it was set up with uh, 40 different members who were all, these were all real high military personnel. Um, these were guys that worked within the federal government for, uh, you know, different agencies, the NSA. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one of these guys came out and told a little story. This guy calls himself Stephen Greer. His name is Stephen Greer. He calls himself a UFO UFO. Ufologist. Ufologist? Ufologist. Ufologist. He's actually an emergency room doctor, is what he really is. Oh, really? He's an emergency room doctor, which makes the story even more so amazing because uh, himself. This guy in here. And the great guy. And listen, hey, Lazar lives here too. Lazar lives in Coral Gables, Florida. Does he really? Yes, he does. He lives right here in Florida. He's an interesting dude. Oh, yes. Super interesting. Again, look at Element 115. And that's another weird thing I want to talk. I don't want to interrupt, but before we get off this topic, the Bob Lazar shit is so weird. Going back to talking about the UFO that is hitting Brazil, how some of that stuff's disappearing off Twitter, disappearing off Reddit. I searched. Now, Bob Lazar did a podcast with Joe Rogan, which is one of the Joe Rogan's biggest podcasts. It's got, I mean, he's got 11 million views. It's definitely top 10% of the podcast as far as like Absolutely. popularity. If I go on YouTube and I search Joe Rogan, Bob. Okay, it does pop up. So this, this but is, you still got to look it's for it. It's not shadow banned. Maybe that was just me. For some reason, they were trying to ban me. I've been looking at too much UFO shit. There's like, Danny, you, we're cutting you off. You're zipped up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways. Stranger things happen. What were we talking about? Stranger Sorry. things happen. No, but just yeah, listen. He lives here in Coral Gables. Yeah, Coral Gables, Florida. I mean, yeah. again, when you look at Element 115 that wasn't around, all of a sudden it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, they went to, to Bob's house about a month ago, 
the FBI did. Mm. Why would they go there and do that? I mean, if this guy really wasn't what he said he was, who cares? So obviously something was going on. He obviously struck a nerve with somebody um, mm-hmm. and what he was talking about with this element 115. Why don't you think, I mean, uh, it, when you watch his interview, all of his interviews and all of his podcasts, I mean, it's it's almost, it's really fucking hard not to believe what he's talking about. Why would this guy be lying? I mean, he would have to have spent a lot of time yeah. fabricating these stories and, and all the details in them. Well, I think, too, when people started to go back and kind of do an investigation, because, listen, I, nobody wants to take anybody at face value. You know, you're like, this is a pretty big story. And you're like, you're part of this? Really? You yeah. really worked at S2? Right. S- S4. Or, well, yeah, but S2 is where this the extraterrestrial vehicles were actually at. Okay. S2. Oh, okay. So he initially when he came out, wanted just to share the information with everyone. And obviously, you know, the powers to be didn't want to do that. Um, So they discredited him and they, um, when the, um, I'm trying to think, I believe the reporter's name was Knapp. Daryl Knapp was the investigating reporter. So what he did was, Went back to the university and asked for his university records. Oh yeah, because they they wiped his university oh, records. Yeah. They were there, that. and that was and so it. What it did was it made people kind of like me. Oh, well, see you there, Lazar. You weren't telling the truth to begin with. Now they can't find anything on you, and it's kind of oh, really? The government did all this, right. and like I say, when you go back now, all this time has gone on. All he was discredited for so many things. Um, like I say, you go look at the periodic chart. Element one fifteen is now on there. Um, he talked about that element. And whatever else he had done and had recorded, they obviously thought that he had more information there because they went to his house. Right. Um, and Bob's not a Bob's not a um, a troublemaker. He's not a you know this guy has a PhD. He's a highly educated man who uh, thought that the truth should come out about hey listen the American public can't handle it. Well, I think they can, and I'm going to come out and let everybody know that wants to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you when you take that into consideration, what he's done. Uh, for UFOs across the board, help us better understand what we're seeing. Mm. Why they don't want to share this with us, whether we can handle it or not. Um, you know, listen, I'm real far from that that category. But when, when you talk to younger people today, especially the millennials, why are you far from that category? Personally, why do you think you're far from that category? Um, I tend to I try to try to be the moderate. I try to be the guy in the middle. Yeah, I, I want to understand, you know, again, why is it that some people think that religion is real or why is it you think UFOs are real or why did you think Kennedy was shot by this group or why did you think that? Well, it's fun to dive into all these conspiracy theory wormholes on the Internet. It's really fun and it's really entertaining to do it. But if if you're somebody who's really looking for the truth or is not going to just tie yourself to some idea and try to prove tell everyone that you're right and they're wrong. If you really believe something, you should be, I mean, this is something we talked about with Nathan Kroc. Basically, if you think something's real, you should be always trying to go out there and prove it wrong. Find things that that go against it. Absolutely. If you really want to believe something to be true, don't just look for things that are going to confirm your beliefs. Search for the things that are going to prove you wrong. Sure. And and, and listen, even when we we talk about these things and and what event in your life that happens or takes place... um, and I'll give you another story. Uh, live near the beach here. Um, yeah. um, again, dealing with night vision. We just got some new night vision in. And mm. so I had never used it before. And I was getting ready to go over to SOCOM. So I wanted to know. Where if, do you get this stuff from? Um, it just comes in from the manufacturers. Okay. There's there's a manufacturer that just does nothing but night vision. Okay. IR. So we go right to those guys. And the, those units are about three grand, you know, when you start buying them out. Okay. Right? So most people won't go out and buy them. Right. But as we put these special operations teams together and I get the equipment and bring it in just to kind of get to use it. So I'm in the backyard and I'm laying on my deck and I'm playing with it. And there's a thing called that they talked about when I even with the the inventor 
called flaring. And so I'm laying in the back and I'm doing this. Well, out of the east come these two balls of light. And um, I'm looking, I pull the night vision away from my eyes. I'm looking at the night vision. I go, I wonder if that's a flare, if that's called a flare. Mm. What's going on? So I put them back up in my face real quick again. And these two balls of light that had come out of the east are still there. I have two real tall palm trees on the side of my house. They're probably 60 feet high. And these lights went around those trees. I mean, I instantly jumped up and knew I was looking at something. Without mm-hmm. the night vision on, you couldn't see them. Yeah. So, you know, what does it take to prove something like that to yourself? I don't. I didn't run out and grab the newspaper and go, oh, my God, I saw these balls of light. You're yeah. not going to believe this. Um, these events were not a, not a personal matter, but I think if you, you know, we share them with some people, they're looking at you like, uh-oh. I think one of the cuckoos got out of the loony bag. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. so you know, sometimes you don't, you base an opinion or a fact based on, hey, this is what I've learned through my years of seeing these things or something like right. it. And um, well, I think I think the the best part about it, about what you're doing, whatever, whatever, if you want to call yourself a conspiracy guy or you know a guy who's into all these cuckoo conspiracy theories, I mean, look at it from the point that at least you're interested. In it. You know, you're interested in it. You're fascinated sure. by it, sure. and you're looking into it, and you're you're curious to what it is. People just want to push it away, be like, I don't even want to think about that. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's labels me as a cuckoo bird. And listen, I told you, it kind of, it kind of, for me, it's like reading a good novel. Yeah, you know, how did you get there? What made you think this? What gave you that ideology behind that? And listen, I'll even take it with religion. Um, I find religion very interesting when you start looking at the belief factors of of certain people or certain groups, um, and how strong their religion is or their their background or what their beliefs are. And listen, it's it's a belief. It's not based on any mm-hmm. fact. You know. It's just right. a belief process. So, right. you know, when you start looking at this and the people who don't believe in it are, I mean, listen, I, I believe President Trump said that uh, he has no, doesn't care about him one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that hard to believe. About religion? Yeah. About UFOs. About UFOs. About UFOs. He just didn't care about UFOs. It just mm-hmm. wasn't important. Um, you know, listen, there's some that say John F. Kennedy was killed because he was trying to expose UFOs and aliens mm-hmm. and that they weren't just going to let that out of that, that kitty out of the bag. Yeah. So, you know, again, when you, if I look for enough information, I can actually find stories that support that theory. And there's a group of people out there. I'm sure that would be absolutely willing to die over it. Oh, I know this is why Kennedy was killed. Yeah, of course. So, but what makes them think that way? You know, uh, mm-hmm. this story coming out of Brazil, um, you know, how do you keep something like that tied down so well? And you would, you know, you really don't think about it. Like, what? I mean, when I first heard it, it was kind of ridiculous. When did you first hear about it? Uh, two days ago. Oh, two days ago. Two days that, ago. That's when they're saying it happened? It Crash. happened the day, actually, so three days, probably almost three days ago, but it's sometime. They're saying it happened last Wednesday, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so, you know, when I called up the guys to ask them that question, it wasn't one of my, hey, man, I got something really cool to ask yeah. you about a gun or about some sort of thermal imager or night vision or, you know, whatever. It was about UFOs, and I could hear the guys kind of chuckling in the back. So <laughs> it's funny, you know, when you don't really take into consideration that it's real. Um, I mean, listen, I have, when you talk to people who see Bigfoot, um, I right. mean, dude, these are people who not only tell you a story, but look, have fear in their eyes. Yeah. Um, I talked to a cat here in Florida who uh, was up in the Panhandle in a little area called Torreya State Park. It's probably one of the coolest parks in the state. You know, it's, it's like going to North Carolina, but you only have to go five hours to get there. You've got little streams and running water and, you know, 80-foot bluffs and great hiking trails. Just a beautiful place. Yeah. And um, he saw an eight-foot, actually recorded it with a thermal imager um, and took a video of it as it stepped between two trees. Um, one of these Bigfoot organizations got a hold of the information. That's how I ended up seeing it on YouTube. And um, 
went back and looked at the same tree where this guy was said this animal was. And when this animal is standing behind the tree, one of the first things you can notice is you can see his shoulders on each side of the tree. When they put this guy that was six foot four in front of the tree, you could only see his shoulder if he popped one side out on one side of the tree or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, when he took these steps out to walk away, um, it took about two steps for this animal to be completely out of the picture, and it took him like five steps to get out of the picture. Jeez. So, you know, I'm listen. saying that thing's big. It was huge. He yeah. said it was over eight feet. Mm-hmm. You know, so we start chuckling. Listen, I, I used to go camping out there and backpack, and I've never seen anything. But yet, he's got it on video. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, this guy was scared. When he was telling the story, I'm not going back out there again. I know there's animals out there now that, yeah. you know, are much bigger than me. And I'm yeah. not, you know, he goes, if I'd have shot this thing, I'd have just made it mad. Yeah. So, you know, again, you look at the kind of individual, where do these stories come from? Or listen, are we headed for some new point in man's existence now that something's going to be revealed to us? Mm-hmm. We got us locked down. All these weird things are going on around the, on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um what's really going on yeah you know you look at the pandemic when you start talking about how we ended up where we're at here today this brazilian thing oh and did i tell you too by the way this is kind of odd president trump put on a travel ban today to brazil oh yeah you did mention that that. you read that too i was talking about that yeah i saw that today is there really a fucking i gotta look that up so is that weird i mean again so is it just is it a coincidence is this kind of one of those weird moments that you're like wow dude check this out um, it all it does is fan the fire, right? You know, and the people who are diehards are, you know, no. Oh, let me tell you, this is why. Right. AP Associated Press: yeah. White House imposes coronavirus travel ban oh, to Brazil on Brazil, which is crazy. Wow. And again, you know, again, is that a, just a weird set of circumstances? Because listen, everybody that's in the video that's talking about this thing that crashed here is wearing a mask. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's some legitimacy there, but again, what? Why Brazil all of a sudden? Why did they get picked out? That's of That's freaky. Right. Of all the places right now, with that coming up, right. and it's funny they just now decided to do that. Literally twelve hours ago, I think. Is if you look at the, when the message came out, it was twelve or thirteen hours ago. So three days after this supposed UFO crashed in Brazil, the U.S. decides to put a travel, travel ban. ban in Nobody place. could go. You're there. not going. So again, it's just now, all that, that raises my blood pressure just a little bit. But see, it's just those little events like that that take place that you'll make you go, wait a minute, really? Yeah. Come on, man. I, I didn't, listen, when I first got, go all the way back to the first guy that asked me the question, hey, did something crash in Brazil? I'm like, no, dude. Who crashes in Brazil? I mean, come right. on. Their aerospace program, do they have an aerospace program? No, they don't. Right. Why would anybody even be interested in what they do? Right. So, like I say, when that first came to me, I kind of joked about it. Then when the other guy called me up and asked me, and he wasn't doing it from a, hey, man. And who is the other guy? Just a, my buddy over at the State Department. The State Department. Okay. His, his name is Terry Brandis. Okay. Uh, I can say his name. It's not a big deal. Okay. Not, like I say, he's not a spook. He doesn't do anything you know, okay. really important. Um, super nice guy, mm-hmm. but just interested in this as, as I am. Yeah. From a, from a, hey, wow, check this out. And so he called me up with it. And because this guy's got a little bit more of a background, um, and he, you know, again, started telling me, hey, I just, I'm asking because some, I heard some hoopla about it. Yeah. I'm like, well, what the hell? You're at the State Department. Who cares about? Right. Well, I mean, listen, if it's a real UFO, we have a lot to say about it. Hmm. So start to peel the layers of the onion back. Hey, let me just ask somebody. I call my buddies up. You know, we're having a five minute. Listen, these guys aren't predestined. We, ne- I've never even had a UFO conversation with him about this. Okay. So it's not part of. Again, who we are. We're all right. um, dealing in weapon platforms and guns and explosives. And yeah, that's yeah. very, very cool. And, you know, yeah. we all love that. These guys are all knuckle draggers. They're the, some of the best warriors in the world. This was the last thing that anybody thought I was going to call and ask them about. 
which kind of brings more validity to the story because then he goes back and he just doesn't ask his team within Gara. He goes back to Bope. And not only does Bope know about it, they got a perimeter set up around this place and everything's locked down. I'm like, well, wait a minute. And Bope is communicating back to him, basically just admitting to him, yeah, a UFO he's, landed. He's one of them. He was a commander within Gara. So these guys, it's like everything else. Listen, if you were, if you're part of the N, if you're part of the No, then you're part of the No. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind sharing m- tactics with you on how to assault an airplane if I know we're on the same team. If we're not on the same team, right? Um, you're never going to know. I know even know I know how to assault a plane. Yeah. So this is kind of that same format dealing with guys who are like minded. Um, again, these guys, these guys did it for 25. One guy was 25 years. The other guy was 29 years hmm. with Gara. So they know all the top guys with Bope and Bope, all these guys. Um, it's, you know, w- when they went there, just to give an example and to make you understand what civil rights are all about, um, I had trained a bunch of them here on, uh, it's, it's called a 40 mic mic. They're the, these little, um, uh, they shoot wooden batons, and they're basically for crowd control. And so they're, I'm showing, there's, we got about 100 guys here that I'm instructing. Mm-hmm. They're going to go back and show 98,000 guys how to use these. Wow. So... And they're getting ready to have the, um, what's the big soccer game they have every year? Um, the World Cup. The World Cup was taking place in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And they were getting ready to train all their guys up. So they came over here and... Oh, yeah, those fuckers get crazy during the World Cup. Oh, dude, they get real crazy. Well, they were mad, too, because they were spending all this money on the World Cup, and the people believed, you sh- that money goes to us. It should be coming back here to the States and not being used for this World Cup event that's coming yeah. back. We put all these millions and millions of dollars out here. So they were mad. Mm. And what they do is they set up three rings of security to make sure they keep the tourists that are there to see the games safe. And um, so they go through this whole process, get it set up. Well, I'm showing these guys how to use these the wooden batons, and what you're supposed to do is kind of shoot the ground, and you skip them off, and they hit you across the shins, mm-hmm. and they make you change your mind of wanting to come over and riot. and have <laughs> right. a, Well, what they would do was they would actually shoot the guys like in the ribs and in the face oh, fuck. and kill them. Oh, shit. And drag their bodies off. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, hey, this is not America. You don't have civil rights here. We tell you to get out of here. You don't get out of here. Whatever happens to you, happens to you, and you're on your own. Damn. So, and that's the way it goes. So, Gara is that first group, and then Bope is above them with regards to, if Bope's coming to get you, if Bope rolls in, it's going to be a bad day. They're not mm-hmm. there to talk anybody out of the building. They're probably going to level the building with you in it. So, you know, again, taking into consideration, that's really what we talk about. Um, dude, these guys were blown away. The fact, how do you know in the U.S. that we've got an event taking place here? In Boca- and we don't know that. And I said, listen, I got lucky because it was just a kind of a queer coincidence of how we ended up here. Yeah. But to, for you guys to confirm it, I said, has anybody released any information? He goes, we, I'm not finding any more out other than, hey, man, we got something here. It went down the night before. Mm-hmm. We have a security perimeter set up. Um, you know, I'm sure that, I mean, the first thing I would think about is radioactivity. So I'm obviously don't want to run into any yeah. place that's going to be, you know, hot and be like, Oh, how did Hank Stimek die? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, I, I, it's to me, it's one of these events that take place that can't be ignored. You um, think we'll hear more news about it or I would say we would almost have to, yeah. it's somebody is going to pull the plug on this and want to be the first guy to talk about it. This yeah. is the video right there. So is this, this the right this video? This is this is the video of the, the lights over Brazil. The oh, lights. Apparent, the crash, right? Yeah. Uh, now, like I say, there's several different ones. There's a bunch of different videos. I, I think I sent you, the, I actually sent them to your phone. Yeah, you did. And, um, all right, now this looks like. This is the video that's in the, embedded in the Vice article. 
Okay. Now, see, that the other one shows these red lights. There's, it's just very bizarre. I told you, it looks like a movie. Yeah. Um, it's really, hang on here, it's really strange with regards to the actual... Yeah, the thing is, I don't know if you can just trust some random meme page on Instagram. I'll, sh- I'll pull up that video real quick. Well, and, and listen, I, I think, too, and I forgot to even bring up. Do you remember that day? This uh, is the video you sent me right here. There it is right there. That's the one right there. Now, I haven't seen this video anywhere else. Now, the police are going crazy. You can see everything that's going on. There's, I know there's no sound on. This is sideline culture on Instagram. So, again... Even if you say, okay, that's not a UFO. All right, fine. What are you looking at? What is this? What are those lights on the sky? Are those drones? So this looks similar to what was on the Vice article, this part right here. That first thing with that thing, that big, like, hula hoop looking thing, I haven't seen that anywhere else. No. I mean, even this, like I say, this is obviously, this is definitely in, in Brazil. I mean, they're speaking Portuguese. Yeah. I don't understand what they're saying. Um, I actually probably need to go down and talk to the guys that are here. And what are they saying? Are they saying, look at that thing in the sky. Look at that thing in the sky. Yeah. Uh, the other one I had actually shows them launching rockets off. And the rockets are going off. Yeah, you can hear explosions they, going off. The, like, yeah, they, and it's a defensive defensive measure. But you're like, well, what are the Brazilians? Who are they at war with? What are they shooting these things off for? So then this, gets is, it, this is the clip that shows the part of the map that's whited out or cut out. So and it, like I say, it's compelling. It's just very compelling. And, you know, you start looking again. You take these little events here, take that event there, and all of a sudden they end up somewhere like this. And can you imagine what will happen if there's actually a vehicle here that's crashed and they come out to the world and say, hey, listen, we actually got it. And, oh, by the way, here's the bodies. You think they would actually do that, though? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Um, But at the same token, you know, you kind of get caught with your pants down. You're like, hey, what are you doing there with your pants down? You know, oh, I'm not doing anything. Well, it looks to me like you are. Yeah. And so when you take into consideration, you know, again, this is kind of a third world country. They really don't. Right. You know, I mean, poor people live in shacks on the side of hills and poor people here in this country have well, homes they live in. These, yeah. if they are like some sort of hypothetically extraterrestrial beings and they t- flew a ship from billions of light years away. And then as soon as we get here, we start shooting rockets at the ship. I mean, that's got to be the equivalent of us flying to some remote jungle in Africa and having a bunch of monkeys throw rocks at us. Oh, like, listen, if you go in and look at, uh, I want to say it's in, it's in uh, Los Angeles, 1940-ish, there's an event that takes place there where they actually shoot 1,400 rounds at this thing up in the sky. Oh, my God. And people were actually killed on the ground because of the shrapnel that came down and hit on the ground. But people's homes were hit. Um, this was during the Japanese... Uh, war and so they they assumed that this was the Japanese that were coming here, but they shot this thing. And there's lights on it. They shot it for I don't know well over an hour and never dropped it. So, you know, it's called I want to say it's called the attack in L.A. or I can't think of the name of it now, but it was a real event that took place over L.A. Um, where they actually shot what year? I want to say during this was during the Japanese war because they thought these okay. were Japanese. Okay, and they never knew what it was. Never knew what it was. Never came out and said they got videos. You know. Pictures of it. They they every um, every um, they had these positions that were set up with all these different uh, lights, so that if you came in as a bomber, they could put the lights on you. You know, at night and you could see where the guy was. Yeah. So the bombers fly real high and they fly real slow, and so they would use these big lights. Well, they've got every light turned on on this thing, and it's lit up. You can see something in the center. 
but no mm-hmm. one's willing to say it's a UFO. They're not willing to say it's a spacecraft of any sort. Hmm. Um, they just keep acting like, well, we really don't know what it is. I'm like, well, dude, if you shot at it for an hour and didn't knock it out of the sky and it disappeared later, I would say it's probably an <laughs> extraterrestrial vehicle yeah. of some sort that's obviously not from this planet because we've been yeah. not being able to shoot it down like that. But I think we're we're just a warring community anyway. I yeah. think we are, again, if you go back and look at the gods, if you look at the Greeks and how they wrestled, everything was based on your physical strength and make it, being a better person. Um, you know, is that alive and well today? Sure it is. I mean, yeah. look at football, look mm-hmm. at ho- hockey, look at the strongman contest. Mm-hmm. Um, look at what men do to be men today. Politics. It's all about power. Yeah. You know, all about power. So, and how do you, how do you emulate that power? What do you like about it? And some people like it because they, it's money. Mm-hmm. Other guys like it because it's a position of authority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you put those two together, especially if um, whatever technologies you could get from an e- a, a UFO, you would want to be able to use to your best military. Right. You know. Yeah, so that's another thing Bob Lazar talked about was that in like in Area S four where they were studying like the propulsion of these spacecraft and how they worked. You know, they kept everything part compartmentalized. Every different person that was working on a different part of one of those crafts. They kept all that information compartmentalized within those people. They didn't tell them anything extra that they didn't so need to know. if your deal was this little widget, that's all you did was that one little right. widget, and you had no yeah. idea what else was connected right. to this widget. Right, and he mentions that they had, there was hangers, adjacent hangers next to him, like lined up with different craft in them. They didn't even let them go look at different, different spacecraft. Um, and one of the things he talks about is that they don't want this getting out mainly because they don't want another country to learn about it and try to what, use it like to weaponize it against other countries. You sure. know, it all comes back to people just fighting each other for power and dominance. And Absolutely. Well, look at look at Space Force. Space Force has just been united here in the U.S. They actually just started uh, drafting people, not drafting people, but taking volunteers into Space Force. Um, I heard stories four and five years ago that the, the programs that Reagan put on uh, – back in the early 80s, which were supposed to be the system that was set up there to knock out uh, other nuclear devices that were launched at you through space. And um, instead, these guys were dropping titanium rods out of vehicles that were up in space. And um, when you take a titanium rod and you drop it through space and it comes at supersonic speed, the damage that it does, there's no explosion. There's no explosion. It looks like somebody under the earth pushed up a big breath of air. Yeah. Um, but it's unbelievable. So it, if you go back to the 80s and we were doing that, and I still think they're, they're doing that today, when you look at a lot of these uh, flights that are coming now up out of NASA with these new rockets they're launching up, I think they're sending up titanium rods. Mm-hmm. And I think they keep these things fed. They can send these things anywhere within 30 minutes. We no longer have missile silos anymore. This, all the missile silos have been decommissioned. Yeah. Why? We have better means now. We can be anywhere. You can't hide deep enough from a titanium rod coming in out of space. And they went to titanium rods. It's the same thing they use with Abrams tanks. They don't use an explosive device. They shoot it with actually a titanium rod comes out. Who? Who is actually using those rods? Uh, the U.S. is right now with the Abrams tanks. Okay. We use those on this today. It, and it shoots has, out a titanium rod? titanium rod has a flechette. A flechette goes on both sides of it to fill the actually fill the barrel up with this titanium rod in the center of it. And as the, as the rocket or uh, as the flechette is shot out the front, they peel away and just this titanium rod comes out the front. And, and where, that, where does it come from? Space? No, it's actually, this is on the tanks, the Abrams tanks that are here okay. now. Uh, okay. They shoot them on the ground. So when you shoot another tank, all you want to do is kill the guys inside. 
So this titanium rod will pierce right through that skin and go in, inside and kill all the guys inside. Jesus. Very little explosion other than, you know, if you have a cook-off of explosive because you've got all the charges inside the tank and those things get hit, they'll go off. But oh. there's no explosion. And so when they started realizing uh, the, the, the capability of a titanium rod shot at these unbelievable speeds, they see, wow, look at the danger. Look at the damage that's done. And mm-hmm. there's no real explosion. There's no yeah. pressure. How weight. does that work? What is it? It's just... It it's so just fast exactly or? you're coming in at supersonic speeds so if if what the the guy that showed me these originally on youtube they were called tunnel bombs and he goes i said so why are they calling them tunnel bombs he goes we didn't know what else to call them we didn't we, they were this was these guys were supposed to be dropping these in syria you know the yeah. war was kind of going on yeah it kind of gotten real crazy and this guy was he was definitely with the cia and he was telling me how they were dropping these titanium rods. And I initially looked at it like, you know, what part of the CIA are you actually with? Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, uh, Dave was able, Dave had the authority to move satellites. So he's a pretty reliable source. And then when he showed me the videos, I'm like, dude, that's pretty impressive. It would yeah. literally take out a whole block of this city yeah. with no explosion. Damn. No explosion. Wow. He goes, you can't hide deep enough. You can't get into a mountain deep enough that we can't come get you. We, we can be anywhere with these things in 30 minutes. Yeah. So now again, conspiracy. People talk about it. People don't talk about mm-hmm. it. You know, is it real? You know, when you talk about the astronauts and they see alien beings on the moon or they talk about through Project Disclosure, um, one of the guys that's in Project Disclosure was a Navy photographer. He got picked up and had, matter of fact, he had a security clearance that I actually, if I wouldn't have saw these people sitting with him and he talked about the security clearance he had, I thought it was a joke because I'd never heard of it. But he got pulled into a room and he said that uh, I had just literally just started. And he goes, I thought my job primarily was to look at satellite footage and kind of make a determination as to what the building we were looking at and what that building did. Mm -hmm. And he goes, the guy that was in in the room while I was there said, hey, come check this out. These are buildings on the dark side of the moon. And he said, I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, check these out. These are buildings on the dark side of the moon, and they're not ours. So you, you, when you now take a moment, you step back, and you go, wait a minute. Yeah, what Come the on, fuck? man. But these aren't just regular people. This isn't just a regular guy. He's here with, matter of fact, the, um, the official that was with this group also was, um, he sat on a government board out of Canada. And when they brought him to the forefront, he was the first politician of real authority that came out and said, UFOs are as real as the planes that fly over your house. The U.S. has been dealing with a group called the Tall Whites for the last 15 years. And then he went down this this whole thing, and you're like, wait a minute, Tall Whites? What the hell is that? The other guy came out and said, We're, we've been in touch with 56 different races of alien beings. Holy shit. These, again, just aren't regular guys. These are guys with tremendous backgrounds. They come from security clearance and DIA and NSA officials that are all part of Project Disclosure. And they wanted to come out. They were actually telling Congress, hey, we want you to come out now and and put this big meeting on so these guys can come out. But the problem is if, if you come out too quick and you are being on the payroll because you're a retired military guy, we're going to come arrest you now. You've just given up. Secrets, right. or we don't want to confirm that what you were saying is true, but we're going to go and screw around with your pay now. So now you're not going to get paid. We're going to create this problem. So a lot of these guys were really sticking it way out there. I mean, if you go to Project Disclosure, you can go to the website and look at yeah. it. 
Um, like I say, Greer is a is a great guy. He's factual. Stephen Greer, yeah. What I like is, you know, as a doctor, and he even comes out and talks about this. He goes, as a as a doctor, and my buddy here's a lawyer. He goes, we're under oath. We can't lie. If I lie, I could lose my license. The website is seriousdisclosure.com. S-I-R-I-U-S. Highly recommend it. Disclosure.com. Again, dealing with uh, educated men who come from great backgrounds, from the military, from science professionals, from the airlines industry. Um, and when you hear the stories, you, you're going to scratch your head. You're going to be like, what? It sounds so unbelievable, but yet these guys have no reason to lie. The whole idea was about project disclosure and getting the information out to the American people. So doing so becomes a, a challenge in itself because everything just sounds crazy. You would think if the government was going to sort of let this stuff out of the bag, they would definitely wouldn't do it all at once. They would do it slowly. They would slowly let it let the drip. You know what I mean? Like sure. they would slowly, the Pentagon would declassify the videos. Then they would slowly sort of release more things so people just didn't. And, it, and if you look, too, I think the CIA just released 13 million pages. So this information is being leaked now. You know, here we are having this conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, when you start to take into consideration, you know, again, who knows about Brazil right now? I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anybody really talk about it one way or the other. Uh, it's amazing to me that nobody has really talked about it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, as a country, I know the U.S. would, if we sat on it, let's just say 1947 actually happened in uh, New Mexico and there was a crash, um, they would they would st- most definitely sit on that information and not want to share it with anybody right. because of the... The Roswell? The Roswell. The Roswell they, said it was, they said it was like a weather balloon, right? They came out after the fact. They came out one day and said, hey, now keep in mind, out in the desert there, this was the 509th bombing group. They were the only group that was authorized to carry nuclear bombs. They come out one day and said, oh, we found a UFO. And they come out two days later and go, holy shit, we made a mistake. It was a weather balloon. Uh-huh. I know we're, we're the only qualified nuclear group to carry bombs, and we didn't know the difference between a spacecraft uh. and a weather balloon. So that right off the get-go you made, fucking liars. <laughs> made everybody think, like, well, wait a minute. Right. Yeah, and then again, now the story started to come out all these years later. You have um, the children of the officers that were there. And one of the guys, he's a dentist today. His father brought him home pieces of it. And he said, yeah, my dad actually came and got me out of bed and said, come out here, look at this. This is from another world. And he goes, I sat there as a 12-year-old little boy holding these eye rods, these eye beams in my hand and looking at all these different uh, uh, signatures and different uh, uh, designs that were on the metal. Mm-hmm. And he said that I, was, I couldn't believe it. And he goes, then my dad came back the next day and said, hey, forget all about this. Forget you ever saw these. Don't tell anybody about this. Get this out of the house now. <laughs> so... You know, then then the 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 individual, and I'm, again, I'm kind of drawing a blank with his name now, that actually came out with this report and was seen in Wright-Patterson Air Force, knelt down over the, oh, I guess I was wrong. It was just a weather balloon. Um, before, on his deathbed, he came back and said it wasn't. A, it wasn't. A, they made me say that at the time, but I'm on my deathbed now. There's nothing they can do to me. Yeah. It, they were extraterrestrial beings. There were, there were other people that saw them. They were small. Um, this is what took place. This was, and there was actually more than one crash. Um, he even went to say as far as what brought them down was radar because they were working on our new radar systems at the time. And he goes, we brought it down accidentally, but we didn't even know what we were doing. So it was kind of some more cool Holy information. And you're like, wait a minute, really? I didn't, I didn't remember hearing that portion of the story. Yeah, that connects to what Bob Lazar was saying in his when they said that 
he talked about the aircraft that he was, or the spacecraft that he was working on. He said it was really small in there. He's like, it would be for someone who was like four foot tall, five foot tall, like super Bingo. small person. And they were genderless. They were like bodies that, if I remember correctly, it was almost like they were just cadavers that were just sent there. They weren't actual like living organisms. They were kind of just like drone. And there's more beings. people saying that today. These aren't real. These weren't, aren't real entities. They're just, they're right. Uh, uh, grown. They are something like a robot. They're sent right. here because they don't have to feed them. Listen, right. our big issues in space there, travel. There's no place. There's no place to piss and shit on one of those aircrafts. That's Bingo. why these, these things are genderless. They, Where they do you put the food to travel billions of light years? You know exactly. Where do you put all the food? We we have the same challenges today. How do you maintain your health? How do you maintain bone mass and muscle mm-hmm. mass and a no weight? How do you procreate? NASA was talking about the other night. How do you procreate in space? You can't hmm. because everything you're trying to do to have a baby. Is going to be counteractive, and every force has an equal and opposite force, so you're going to be all over the place. Yeah. Um, listening to him talk about go to Mars, you know, he said we, well, one thing we've looked at is we can take your, your, um, your poo and you can put it in a bag and put it on the sides of the, the spacecraft because it'll actually block out the harmful rays of radiation. Hmm. So they said that's one thing you can do with it. I'm like, oh, well, that's a good, but where's the food coming from? Right. How are you going to live for six, eight, nine months on that trip out there? Yeah. How do you maintain that muscle mass? How do you maintain bone density? Right. Uh, by the time they said they get there, your your body wouldn't be able to support the the, the muscle. Mm-hmm. You, the bones would be so soft. Right. So, you know, are we going today, tomorrow, back to the moon, whatever? You know, did we go to the moon? Hmm. Again, opens up a whole other can of worms. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, when you look back now, they've got a new program. Well, they had a new program in D.C. called ATIP. And it was... Um, uh, let me see here. What did it stand for? It stand for Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification. And the guy that ran the program was a um, retired veteran from the, the Marine Corps and um, got involved with it. And his name was Louis Elizondo. And he ran this for, I want to say, from 2009 to 2014. He's also the one that was responsible for releasing the uh, UFO uh, that the navies had recorded. So he's the one that actually re- got the information to release those videos through the Pentagon. And um, he worked on this ATIP for all those years trying to approve or disprove the fact that these vehicles, these UFOs, these extraterrestrial beings were actually coming to the planet. Right. And so he's, you can, you can find him now online as well as a host of information with regards to black market or black projects across the board. Yeah, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP, A-A-T-I-P, Secret secret Investigatory Effort Funded by the United States Government to Study Unidentified Flying Objects or Unexplained Aerial Phenomena, UAP. The program was first made public on December 16, 2017. The program began in 2007 with funding of $22 million over five years until the available appropriations were ended in 2012. And, and hardly anybody knew who about ATIP. Nobody right. knew who they were, what, what their background. I've never heard of that yeah. before. But again, very cool. And, and when, it's crazy how much money they, the, the small amount of money that they dedicate to space research and the study, the study of the science that goes into outer space. I think it's like something around like five years ago, it was around two to three million dollars a year was what the government was allocating to outer space research or this kind of stuff, A-tip stuff, when the yearly cost to run a McDonald's is something like $22 million. Like it's I say, ridiculous. It's, it's, it's crazy. This is what kind of, again, when I have these conversations with some of the moon 
you know, hey, we went to the moon, we did go to the moon. I'm like, well, listen, why are we going back? You know, it's a pretty big deal. Um, if we had been to the moon already, why aren't we back there now? Oh, the budgets. Right. But I'm like, well, listen, dude, the Space Force has taken off. There's more talk now than ever that I've been alive on what's really going on in deep space. Right. I would think we'd already have a base on the moon if we had the capabilities to go there. Right. Or, or shouldn't we have, or do we, I mean, I don't know if we do or not, or shouldn't we be spending money on developing ways to mitigate the threat of a an eight mile wide asteroid from hitting the Earth, if and they're we, looking at that because we can see them when they're coming. We know when they're coming. Absolutely. I mean, if we know one's gonna, there should be we should be developing or spending more money on that kind of research. And, and listen, they are. You know, some of the challenges now is well, how do you how do you make this thing go away? Like Armageddon, right? Do you do you yeah? Do you land on it and drill some holes and put some rockets on it, and try to push it? Yeah. Do you use a uh, a microwave energy and create um, enough of a push that you can deflect it? Some other guys talked about, hey, we, we'll shoot missiles at it. Well, then if you break it up into pieces, <laughs> is it still all coming from us in pieces? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so you've taken a, an item that's, you know, 10 tons, and now it's like a buckshot of 10 tons mm-hmm. coming into the U.S. Yeah. Or hit the, hit the world. So right. um, take into consideration some of the things we can and can't do. Uh, you know, did we go to the moon? Um, if you go and look at some of the different uh, anti-moon people, they call them flat earthers, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that don't believe that we went to the moon. Right. Um, it's compelling when you look at the land, the lunar rover and you, you look how close the, the, the rocket nozzle sits to the ground. You go, why is there a blast crater in that thing? I would think, right. you know, and then the, the, the people who defend it come out and say, well, it was, it's an adjustable descent motor. You can go from 10,000 pounds to 3,000 pounds. I'm like, mm. well, dude, still 3,000 pounds it's would a move a lot of dirt. Mm-hmm. And there's no mark there. And it's like powder sand. And, you know, you, the, the the guys who are the believers will come back and immediately hammer you in the ground. And I'm asking a question. I'm like, listen, yeah. I'm just interested. I, Apollo 11 and one of the lunar landers looks like the back of the lunar lander has these aluminum uh, slats that were put there. And they were kind of put in with uh, maybe four rivets. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like this thing would go 4,000 miles an hour and yeah. land on the moon. There's definitely so many questions about the moon landing that outweigh the proof that we did land on the moon, right? I mean, the only well, proof that we have is what a video. Well, the argument is this: well, how can how many millions and millions of engineers and people who were took part of the program? How could all these people be wrong? Right. And and I'm like, well, listen. If you look at there was a movie called um, Capricorn One mm-hmm. that dealt with this is back in the early '80s that dealt with landing on they were going to go to Mars, and before they took off, they realized they couldn't go to Mars, so they decided to make a fake landing in Mars. Um, there is talk of. Um, He's another. He actually made the movie 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, the director? The director. And he actually uh, was given four of the ten cameras. Carl Zeiss made the cameras for the astronauts to take into space. And these were very specific cameras, lenses, Mm -hmm. that could shoot in zero light. You could have a candlelight. And you could shoot in that. Well, for some reason, NASA gave Stanley Kubrick is his name. Stanley oh, Kubrick, yeah. They gave Stanley Kubrick four of those cameras, or four of those lenses. What? Yeah, why? Of the ten that you made, you gave four to Stanley. Why would you give four of those to Stanley Kubrick? That doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, by the way, NASA was with him the whole time that he made his movies about the moon landings. They were, so what is it? They were, apparently there were some NASA consultants or NASA engineers, somebody who worked at NASA was on set during the production. During the whole production of the show. The whole show. 
yeah. the whole event. Yeah. And, of course, everyone, now the believers will tell you, well, they were there because they were giving Stanley Kubrick advice. When right. the people from Stanley Kubrick will tell you, they were asking questions on, hey, how did you make that, that meteorite strike in the dirt? Of Wait, did that movie come out before the moon landing? I don't, I'm not. It came out after. It was like 19... It came out after the yeah, moon landing. Yeah, I okay. want to say like in the early 70s, 71, 72. Well, if it was after the moon landing, then why would they be trying to... Why would NASA be trying to look for information from Stanley Kubrick if it was after the well, moon Well, they landing? were... they. The story goes that NASA was impressed because their... Their guy who did all the handle their special effects. What he did was he went out and got um, it's called Portland cement, mm-hmm. and it's like a real fine powder. Mm-hmm. And he made the setting with this Portland cement. Well, he would go up forty feet, drop a ball bearing down, and it would make the strike that looked just like an asteroid had struck the surface of the moon. Yeah. So he did that to give this whole moon like effect, and the NASA folks were like, "Wow, yeah, like dude, that. that really looks real." Hey, I got an idea. Maybe we can't go to the moon. We can sure make it look like we went to the moon. So, but again, so the question for me was, well, why would you even give the camera? But the moon video is already out at this point. The moon Uh, landing was already out. um, Yes. Okay. Yes, they are. Okay. Yes, they are. But now these, remember, and maybe, and listen, maybe, maybe this movie was made back in 68. So just, and and Apollo 11 went in 69. Yeah. So you, you probably look it up, but. There was, they definitely went there during the same period. 68. Oh, 68. Okay. 2001 Space Odyssey was released in 68. 68. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and Apollo 11. I think went in 69. Sixty-nine. I think it was 1969 that they went there. Yeah. Yeah, 69. 69. So, it just had some strange, you know, there was some strange, listen, nobody wants to think that the U.S. government is lying about going to the moon. Oh, it's impossible. You can't. Well, I mean, why are we having this conversation then? If it's a why, if it's impossible, and we can't. Right. Why was Stanley? The moon landing was one year after, after. Space Odyssey came out. Yep. So, so the, that makes sense why they were there because they were trying to they were trying to to mimic or make to it look figure like, out how they did it so well. Bingo. Right. So it's. I mean, listen, and the guys. That's oh, interesting. That's not true. But yeah, I'm like, well, listen. Why would NASA, out of these ten lenses that were made, give Stanley Kubrick four of them? Doesn't make sense to me. They wanted to use the same fucking lenses. They that's, wanted to make the same sort of effect. That's exactly right. It's so, interesting. You know, when you start looking at it, and then when you start, you know, I, I started looking at, like, the um, the astronaut uniform, the, the spacesuits they wore. Yeah. The suits weigh about 475 pounds. Damn. Okay. The astronaut now, suits? The ones they used on the walk on the moon with. Holy shit. Okay, now that, again, now kind of poses a question. Go, well, damn, that's a lot of weight. Well, the... the the atmosphere there is one sixth of what it is here on, on the planet. So believe it or not, right? With the that's with the astronaut in it. By the way, the suit's actually like 180 pounds. And if you take a 180 pound man, put him in there, you're close to 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when they started looking at the bigger picture, because they said, "Listen, the man's on the planet. He only weighs 60 pounds when he's on the moon's surface." Well, if you start looking at him real hard and you look at the size of the entrance into the lunar lander, you're like, "Can that guy really get in?" The lunar lander in that thing? Can he get out of the lunar lander in that thing? What's the what's the uniform made of? Well, it's got a lot of Kevlar and Mylar in it. Well, I know Kevlar is heavy. Yeah. Um, dude, so I have had a sixty pound we did a we did a uh backpack through the Appalachian Mountains and I carried a sixty pound back through the mountains. Right. What's dude, that feel like? That's a heavy pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to these astronauts talk on their as they're going around collecting rocks, it's you know, they're saying on the moon and I'm having a great time out here. Man, 
I'm not tired at all. I can just do this all day long. Yeah. I don't hear anybody breathing hard. Mm-hmm. And there's some references to heart rates going up. But listen, when you're when you're working hard, you're going to be sweating. You're going to be, you're going to hear that noise. And you just don't hear that. So again, it's kind of an odd duck thing. Like, really? I would think yeah. you guys would be huffing and puffing a little bit more Yeah. up there. How did you keep the lunar lander, you know, it was almost 400, what, 375 degrees on the, when the sun was out? And so you got to keep the air conditioning on the lunar lander for a long time. Where did that fuel come from? It was from a battery. You know, you're like, well, let me look, the look on batteries and how, how good did we have batteries back in the 60s? <laughs> yeah. You know, they weren't very good in the 80s. Right. I can't, or that small. Just and they couldn't hold a charge. So, you, again, you start kind of looking at the ducks and you're like, well, you know, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, is it really a duck or is it something else? Because I'm going to go with it. It's the fact that it's a duck. You know, again, taking into consideration, you look at everything that's going on, and today... Yeah, that thing looks so flimsy. It looks like it's made of tinfoil. Dude, it's... Uh, and, and there's an, actually a video where a guy comes out and kind of makes fun of the whole thing. I and mean, I'm looking, I'm like, he makes sense. Yeah. And the believers, man, will come out and just blister you with regard to, I can't believe you're un-American and blah, blah. And, and believe it or not, a lot of these guys are even from Brazil. Is it considered un-American to question the moon landing? The people I talked to said it was. Jesus now, the Christ. funny part was that some of these, most of these guys were from uh, the U.K., I'm like, so why do you guys have a dog in this fight? What do you care if yeah. you went to the moon or not? Well, it's ridiculous that you would think that you didn't. No, you didn't answer my question. Why does somebody in the U.K. care about what we did on our space program? It's kind of bizarre to me. Yeah. I would think you'd be, you know, one of the guys maybe at NASA who's a, who retired from there. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why it's not fake. Yeah. Well, it all goes back to that thing, you know, re- people just want to look for things that reinforce what they're what they already believe or what they're already what they're already looking for. For yeah. I agree. I think that's exactly what happens. But you know, again when you take into consideration these events from ATIP or Skinwalker Ranch or the US Navy that are mm-hmm. that are taking place, or like they say, listen, if you talk to somebody, usually they've got kind of a a, a, a story that's kind of paranormal that you know may incorporate something else like I've never seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. I, you know, right. I don't know if I necessarily believe in him or not, but I, yeah. I haven't seen him. I got other friends of mine who've seen him and said, oh, my God, you know, scariest thing I ever saw in my life. Mm. Most terrified I've ever been. And I try to figure out, why haven't I seen one? Mm-hmm. Why? What's the difference? Is you're, it, not taking the right, you're, not, you're not taking the right kind of drugs. That's the problem. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you look at these different events that take place, and like I say, I think that uh, this event in, in Brazil, if it's, if it's true, um, I, at this point, don't have any reason not to believe that it is true. Yeah, I can't wait to see more about that. Yeah, to see really what, what stands up. I mean, is this is this all part of this, you know, this lockdown that we're going through? Is this, did somebody know this was going to happen? Right. Because even some of these groups that were talking about red flags and the government saying, oh, they're going to, you know, tell everybody that the UFOs are attacking us. And I kind of really chuckled at that. I'm like, well, dude, that's, I mean, that's a long reach. But hey, listen, maybe, and this yeah. was five or six months ago, so when this event happened, I haven't told them. I haven't told them about the Brazilian thing at all because they're like, "See, I told you what was going on." Yeah. So I've kind of kept it from them. But mm-hmm. listen, at some point, if it's true, I have at this point no reason to believe that it's not. It's going to come out, and it's going to be a. It, it will be something worth of talking about. And whether they say it was a UFO or they say something crashed mm-hmm. there, and the military took it away, is still going to create enough of a of a mystery that people are going to want to know. Yeah, you know, you got people there that are trying to fly drones over the area. Um, they're trying to take hang gliders in um, and see where it came through the trees. And yeah. some of these guys were talking about I doing saw, this. I heard that, yeah. yeah. I heard guys t- talking about do, uh, paragliding around there, around it. trying so, to find more information on it. So, again, like I say, something definitely took place. You know, it's just how right. far do you want to believe? And when I, again, when I started asking the questions, it kind of turned over the rocks. I did it from a perspective of 
look, I know you guys are busy right now, right. <laughs> but yeah. I got a question to ask. And, you know, half of me wanted to believe, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, the other half, the reality side, I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, how real is this? And, mm-hmm. and, and what are they really going to tell you? Yeah. Um, even when, it's funny, after the fact, um, the former chief of police there in Brazil, I sent him a quick, hey, dude, I figured this out. Bope told me that they're there on site now with it locked down. And he replied back to me, Mike, I didn't even know a UFO crashed here. Oh, damn. What? So, so he, and again, like I say, man, uh, he's, he's retired. He still lives in Rio, but I would figure that everybody would know. And maybe he did know. He right. just wanted to tell me that's why I didn't yeah, reply back to you right off you. the get. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't reply back to me until I told him that I got the information from the guys at Bope. And then he was like, I didn't even know a UFO crashed here. Hmm. It wasn't like, no, a UFO didn't crash here. Mm-hmm. Let me just go ahead and correct this whole situation. It was, I didn't know this event even happened. Yeah. Mm. So. I've kept it on my phone. I go back and look at it every now yeah. and then. Even uh-huh. the day after I had talked to the group here, um, I called the Supreme Leader and I said, hey, will you pull my leg the other day? Are you being serious, dude? He's like, why would I? Mike, I'm telling you, we were just sitting here talking about it. It's it's that amazing. And I'm like, so you are being absolute, you're not pulling my leg? He's no, dude, I'm not pulling your leg. It's whatever took place there, it's real. And it's going on right now. So again, it's just such big news. You know, are we approaching that perspective in our life now? I mean, it supposedly happened so many times with these crashes around the world. Right. They, they had one uh, crash in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania um, that took place in, in uh, I want to say, the, the late 70s mm-hmm. out in the woods there. Um, and yeah. everybody kind of, you know, played it off. And, oh, no, it didn't really happen. Yet you meet or you watch a show that has the mayor on there. And he goes, yeah, not only that, I brought the preacher with me because they said they thought it was a plane that went down mm. and they wanted me to bring the preacher out there to read everybody their last will and rights. Mm-hmm. But we got out there and it was some kind of bell looking object that we'd never seen before. So now you're like, well, scratching your head going like, what? What are we talking about here? Right. So it's, like I say, I think the phenomenon is going to get bigger. Yeah. I think that um, it, it, Obviously, there's got to be some truth to it. I can't believe that all these people are. Right, there's something going on. There has to be. For sure. There it says, has to be. while Brazilian press reports that no one reported these objects to local authorities, allegations of loud explosions and gunshots, the Brazilian military um, cordon, what does that mean? Cordoning? Cordoning? Military cordoning off the area. Um, and army personnel arresting anyone trying to get close to the supposed crash site have taken over Twitter and the subreddit aliens. I mean, you know, again, here we go. We've locked it down. We don't know why we've locked it down. And if you get near the place, by the way, we're going to arrest you. So it yeah. makes you scratch your head. So something is obviously going on there. And whether it's, you know. And why do these aliens keep going to Brazil? I think it's probably a great place South to South America in general. It's those Brazilian wax jobs that the uh, girls go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> But again, you, you know, you wouldn't think about it. You would think, are you kidding me? Why Brazil of all the places? Hmm. You know, why Alaska? Right. Yeah. Is it so is it so desolate there that you can come and go as you want? I mean, there's there's places on the map now on Google Earth where they say in Antarctica there's a an opening where these things are coming and going every day. Hmm. And that um Oh yeah, there's a there's there's theories that there's aliens flying around on laser beams inside the earth. Oh yeah. So I mean, th- again, whether it's true or it's not true, there's always a little bit of truth to some of it. And if you go back and you start kind of like, okay, well, let's talk about the Egyptians again. Let's go back to the Mayans. Let's go back to these guys who were cutting these stones and moving rock and doing things that were, you know, I know you weren't doing with a hammer and a chisel, especially yeah. a brass Hell one. No. Yeah. You know, so 
is it a UFO that taught you how to this? You look at the pyramids, and when you go inside the pyramids, you see all this beautiful artwork that's in there. Well, who the hell was holding the flashlight? Yeah. yeah. What were they using to light the inside of those rooms? I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a flame, right? Because you'd have black soot all over the ceiling, um, and not only that, two of the guys that I spoke to that were um, both of these guys were uh, archaeologists and they had worked at the pyramids. They said the problem with the pyramids is just like a cave that in certain areas there's only limited oxygen. So you go back in these real dark, tight areas, and they have to bring a thing to make sure they, the oxygen stays at particular levels. Mm-hmm. So he goes, you couldn't burn a fire inside that, you know, to try to use it as light, to, to but you just wouldn't have the oxygen content right. there to be able to do that. Right, fire wouldn't burn. So Yeah, so you're like, well, okay, I never thought about that. That's kind of interesting. But again, they, so it leads you right back to the whole alien story again mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what is really going on. How do these stones get made? Why are they so... Uh, perfect in their mm-hmm. engineering. How did they know this technology? And then you get the Egyptologist or the the uh, the ancient alien theory, theologians that come out mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, listen, this is really what took place." But it makes you scratch your head and you think, "Well, yeah. listen, something uh, right. from a phenomenal uh, is going on because you wouldn't be able to do these events or or to look at these things or to come up with the ideology that you're coming with today." Right? You know, who thinks about that shit? So shit is wild going on. Something's going on. Just amazing. The, absolutely, something's going on, man. Like I say, Project Disclosure's got it going on. Okay. Um, if you look at, if you guys look up um, the uh, Louis Elizondo, that's E L I Z O N D O, uh, formerly with ATIP. ATIP okay. yep. was a Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Really, really cool. Lots of information. Yeah, Louis Elizondo. Now he's part of To the Stars. T T S A. Company co-funded by Tom DeLong. What from Blink One Eighty Two? Blink One Eighty Two. Did he is he's in the UFO? Oh, dude, oh, he yeah, is big time. Big. Matter of fact, he came out and said, "I want to thank everybody for for now allowing this this uh, stuff from the Navy to come out because it's proved me right." Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's dude. been like that for a long time, actually. And he's actually said some people have come to his house and told him to shut his mouth about some of the things he was saying in the past. Really? Which was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, "Just because I'm this this guy who's got a." Uh, a microphone that everybody li- kind of listened to. Yeah. But they came to my house and told me, hey, you shouldn't be talking about things you don't know anything about. He's like, well, I guess I proved you guys wrong because obviously here we are having this conversation yeah. now. Mm-hmm. But that's amazing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's I, crazy. Wild shit. Unbelievable, man. So I'll tell you another story real quick. I'm at my house. Um, I live out by the beach. And I come out one night to take a look down by the water. And I see this uh, red light in the sky. And I'm kind of staring at it because it's kind of unusual. It's out over the water, and it looks like the same type of red light you would see in a tower, in these blinking towers, radio mm-hmm. towers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so as I'm kind of watching it, all of a sudden, it turns from red to a, like almost like a star color. And I, I noticed then, like, oh, damn, there's three more that are just like that. I wonder if they're the same thing. Well, then another one pops up. And all in all, 18 of them popped up. And as I'm trying to watch these things and trying to figure what the hell am I looking at here, um, I went in the house and got my night vision real quick came back outside, and I'm watching these things, and these, these what looked like a red long light turned into a white light that hung there for about 20 minutes, looked like a star, hmm. and they started moving down the beach. But when they moved down the beach, they actually turned into, you ever see these uh, these uh, uh, skin-colored synthetic gloves you put on, the rubber gloves? Mm-hmm. Like a latex Latex glove. glove. Yeah. It was that color, but and they were kind of clear, and on the outside of it had a light that went around it yeah and without the night vision on you couldn't see this and one all of them except one 
went down the beach. This actually came over and went over our house. Could have been one of those Chinese lanterns that people do for like memorials. Dude, you know, I mean, like listen, for Shane Lee or for space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, I tried to think of everything, but the strange thing was you couldn't see it without the night vision on. Hmm. What it looked like was it looked like a dirty cotton ball in the air. Well, maybe because it was so far away, the light was dim. But no, when dude, you put the night vision on, it intensifies the light so you could actually see mm-hmm. it better from where well, you that, are. But the problem is this thing was like right over my house. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like a long, far distance away. Mm. Um, and so I'm looking at this trying to figure out what the hell am I looking at here? I mean, so it's just one of those kind of uh, odd events. Uh, I mean, listen, we went to, me and Danny went to uh, a range mm-hmm. to go do some shooting. In Florida? In Florida. Yeah. And, yeah, what was that town called? Um, this is over by, it's in Brandon. I can't think of the little town, the little community we're in. But it's, it's literally out in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. We're shooting guns out it's here. It's near, I want to say it's near like Bartow area. Yeah, Florida. it's near Bartow. It's near, um, uh, what is the little town that's right there? I can't think of the town. I'll think of it here in a second. But so we go out there to go shooting, and we're and this is a place where we bring special operations guys out, and we blow stuff up, and mm-hmm. we can shoot and move, and you don't have to worry about. And so Danny wanted to come out and take us some video of us. Mm-hmm. He got a really nice uh, drone and sent this drone up above the facility we were at, and we'll say it was a half mile to a mile up, and I could hear it. Yeah. So we do all this videoing. As we come home that evening, I go back. To, I take this footage back to my house, and I start going through it, and I'm looking at it for particular uh, views of the gun we're shooting. And my peripheral vision picks up like this dirty little ball of light that I see in the video real quick. And so I stop it. I'm like, what the heck was that? And I go back and look at it. I'm like, wow, check that out. What is that? Yeah. It looked like someone beamed a golf ball at the drone or shot shot the drone and it was like this big white bullet coming right at the literally camera. and so i i sent it to dan i'm like hey dude check this out in these frames now the frames i'd originally given him were incorrect and so he went back through and he found him and he goes oh yeah dude i found it and so he would send me a video that we just witnessed yeah, and went yeah. through it at a clip at a time yeah right here and was able to pull so that towards out. the end of it i'm just sitting i got the drone just sitting there hovering and then if you go frame by frame you can see this like white golf ball looking thing coming right at the drone but it goes underneath it but you can tell it definitely got redirected and then all of a sudden these guys from the beyond unknown show almost the same type of again i don't know what they're gonna call it a light a golf ball a, a bean bag a, yeah whatever that is something they recorded the same thing it looks about the size of it probably bigger than what a golf ball would look like flying that far away like i say they tried to say it was a bird they tried to say and even when danny had talked about um hey somebody's shooting at my damn drone yeah I'm like, dude, I couldn't see it. It was a mile up right over our head. They, this is like two miles away. There's no way they could have shot at that from that distance of two miles and yeah. even been that close. Right. And this is the video you sent me, which is somebody else. And this is like the same exact thing. Describe what a laser beam would look like. It kind of looked like a light beam. You know, and if I had to describe what a laser beam. Now, what is this video from? This is from Beyond the Unknown. Okay. Longer, like, it's just guys doing science work. That looks exactly like what it Dude, that was, I mean, that's exactly yeah, it. it's the same thing. But again, it's odd that, it's funny that these are all drones that are yeah. getting these this video. Yeah. And, not any, and I think it's the sound of the drone that's actually attracting these things. Now, you know, what are they? That's, that becomes the big question. That thing came from the sky. High in the sky. Yeah. The one, the one on my drone looked like it came almost just directly at it, parallel. Well, now that, now, I, I think it came from the wood line that down low and then came up high. 
okay. think you have still have the original video of this. I, yeah, I do have it somewhere. And and for to check it out. But again, it's just kind of those weird things where wait a minute, we, this was probably five years ago when we did this. Four years ago when we did yeah, this. Four or five years ago for sure. This video that just came out is just now, and these guys are also picking it up on their drones. And then there's another guy that was in Utah that was a uh, doing work on the oil fields, and he was actually doing reconnaissance on some areas for new oil. And one of these things flew out, and it was the yeah, exact same yeah. thing. And he was actually able to put a speed to it, which he said it was 3,800 miles an hour. It had covered uh, two miles in two seconds and came up with the 3,800 mile an hour. So he's like, I don't know what this is. Now, the one that Danny videoed, um, initially, like I said, when you watch the video, you don't even see it. And I just happened to pick it up with my peripheral vision because it's yeah. moving so fast. Yeah, you couldn't miss that easily. And then, oh, very easily. And then as I went through it some more, there's, there was even more that were in the video. So the average bullet, according to Quora, travels 2,500 feet per second around 1,700 miles per hour. So it shows you right there. I mean, again, that's so twice the speed right, of, bullet. of a bullet. 2,000 miles an hour faster than a bullet. So, you know, it makes you scratch your head. So going, wait, wait a minute. That was like a four frame. That was like four frames, that thing that came through the drone shot. There was like four frames. You could see that white thing coming through, right? Right, right. So how do we do the math? That that video clip was shot at 24 frames a second. So 24 divided by four is what? 24 divided by four is six. Six. Right. So what would that, that would be... Uh, I'm fucking terrible at math. Uh, like I said, I, mean, I just assumed it was mm. about the same distance, about two miles we were looking at. Right. And that if it, if it and literally covered that. Now, on the video or the original video, you can't see it. But when you can slow it down and you start doing the math, okay, well, it covered. You can't two, see it at two, full speed. No, dude. Speed, I no. mean, it literally just kind of showed up as a spot. And I was so like, it was 16, uh, 16.6% of a second. I mean. That thing was in the frame. Dude, that's crazy. Think about how fast that is, really, and how and yeah. the fact that we even were able to see that thing and pull it up and look at it, and the fact that it showed up now on two other TV shows on TV. It's the same yeah. light, the same golf ball, the same whatever it is. It's the same. Yeah. And again, it makes you just scratch your head, and like, okay, what is this, and why would it care about what our drones are doing? Which is just odd to me, all the way around. And when I, even when we we viewed that the first one, there were more of those, whatever that is, in there as well. I could see them. Yeah. But it. You know, you, you get tied up with other things, and all of a sudden, reality of life comes back. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, I got to yeah. feed the kids and take yeah. a bath. And yeah. I wish I, could get, I wish I could get paid to search this kind of shit. Oh, yeah. dude, <laughs> let me tell you, it would be, I mean, <laughs> some of the stories are just amazing that, that you talk about. I saw things, and in, in, uh, uh, some guys talked about stuff that happened in Vietnam. There was some UFO incidences there that happened on a couple of the rivers. I mean, yeah. and it just goes on and on and on. And you're like, well, listen, not everybody can be lying about this. No. And most people, I mean... With some of the strange things that I've seen, I didn't go running out. Let me tell everybody about mm-hmm. it. You know, we happen to have you having this conversation now, me sharing those one with the red lights. The, the, the funny part was the night that I saw those lights, Donna was gone from the house. Mm-hmm. My neighbor was gone. The kids were all gone. I couldn't share it with anybody. I'm like, I want to show yeah. somebody. Yeah. You know, but I, I couldn't, my phone wouldn't pick up the, the red light, so I couldn't even videotape it to show anybody. But so you're like, well, what kind of... How do you validate that? Right, you know? right, right. Yeah, Mike said he was saying stuff again. He saw some red lights in the sky. Oh. What's, he, what's he taking? Yeah, what's right. Mike smoking? I need some <laughs> of it. <laughs> so, you know, you, you kind of keep them to yourself. But at some point, um, as this thing becomes more and more relevant, someone's going to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. And they're going to come out and say, hey, man, these things exist. We're not the only ones here. 
you know, unfortunately, religion isn't set up like you thought it is. And I think people, too, are afraid, well, if it's not set up like that, why should I be a good guy then? I mean, why don't I just go out here and rob and kill? And, right. I mean, it's going to be way, all the dots are going to be connected. And listen, you're either a good person or you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, you're either a shitbag yeah. um, and do the right thing because it is the right thing to do, or you're one of those guys that just isn't. I mean, if mm-hmm. you know, if you're obviously hurting animals, I know that a bullet will resolve that real problem real quick. <laughs> you're kind of that guy that's going to hurt animals. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it, we're, we're at a place right now with mankind where um, I think about every 50 years, there's a significant change in the way we think about things. Um, you talk to people today about certain events that have taken place. I think we've all seen something that is kind of odd or out of place that would be considered paranormal. Mm-hmm. But who do you tell? You know, and, and there's so much of this. Are you really looking for attention, Mike? Right. Yeah. Is this how you're trying to get all the attention? Maybe your parents didn't love you very much. <laughs> but listen, at the end of the day, something is going on. And when we see the stuff that Danny's picked up on his, uh, we see it on TV shows. It's the same exact whatever it is that we're looking at there. There's something going on. Yeah. And how they're all interrelated and um, uh, how they correspond with each other is still yet to be seen. Mm. But I think that through some great podcasts and some information telling and the stuff that Rogan's doing and you're doing, um, you start to connect the dots. And I think at the end of the day, we'll get this figured out. Dude, right now, I think we've covered I just really want to find out more Mm. about the Brazilian story. Yeah, me too. That's the the icing on the cake. That is... Hopefully, it just doesn't get, like, buried on the internet and forgotten. I mean, hopefully, something, you know... (laughs) Something's got to happen. Something, someone's got to come forward and just, they can't keep everyone locked down and keep their no. lips sealed I want to see pictures, photographs, yeah. you know, video. Um, you know, again, I don't know how close these guys will really get to there. Again, the scary part is that the brilliant, the Brazilian authorities will kill you. You know, that's what I was kind yeah. of telling you about how yeah, they, they don't play around. There are really. no civil rights there. If they tell you stay out of here mm-hmm. or I'm going to shoot you, you right. better stay out of there. You're going right. to get shot. Or so, delete that video or whatever it is. So, you know, you're taking, you're taking into consideration your life. Literally, if this is a true event and you're going to go, hey, I'm going to go get the truth, be careful. Yeah. Be careful because I just know, like I say, those guys do not play around from the perspective I've seen them. Right. And there's not going to be any warning shots. They don't even know what warning shots are. <laughs> oh, my God. So. <laughs> well, shit, we just did two hours. Thank you for coming on and uh, talking guys, about this stuff. Super fascinating. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. I we'll need do to it learn again more. Sometime. Yeah, hey, we'll do it again. You. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Later.